0: Thank <laughs> you.
1: Welcome to another episode of Spliced Together. Together. I'm Harper. Okay.
2: You want to play games? And I'm Michelle. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care.
1: In this episode, we're going to be talking about our favorite directorial debuts.
2: Directorial. Debuts.
1: <laughs> Directors. Um, and for our mini segment, we're going to be... We're going to be having a little debate. One-on-one. Yeah. You
2: against me. Me against you.
1: And guess who gets to decide the winner? You, loyal listener. A.K.A. Hey, Mom.
2: (laughs) Vote for me, Mima.
1: Anybody listening, I hope you vote on Twitter so we get to decide. Yeah. Um, But anyways, let's dive right in. So this is a topic we had uh, in mind for a long time. And it's um, basically, it's just we thought it would be interesting to talk about people's first movies and the best ones.
2: Also... This list does not include Citizen Kane.
1: (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot. The official title of this list is the best directorial debuts that are not Citizen Kane. (laughs)
2: Nothing against Citizen Kane. I just haven't seen it in so long. And it's literally on every single list of best directorial debuts.
1: If you're listening to this podcast, you already know all about Citizen Kane. Come on. (laughs) Hopefully. But... um. Yeah, I mean that's an obvious pick. So I mean, in spirit, it's on this list, but we're just not going to talk about it because if you search the words "directorial debut," it'll come up ten thousand times.
2: Orson Wells created this based on.
1: (laughs) So, and it's a great movie, no doubt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're gonna we picked we were trying to do ten, and we just had an extremely hard time narrowing it down. So we ended up going with twelve movies. Apparently,
2: nineteen ninety nine is a great year.
1: Yeah, we'll get to that. (laughs) But um, yeah. So, and we tried to pick some older, some newer. Um, but anyways, we'll, we'll just go through it. We'll kind of get to that stuff as we go, but and we'll go from earliest
2: to recent yeah. releases.
1: So, and before we start, these are kind of criteria when we were thinking about this, Were like, so is this a movie that is really good and is the start of a major career that was also really good? Like, is this, is this a movie or, or is this a movie that you look back and say, wow, that was somebody's first movie? Like,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> or was this a movie that changed the way movies were made or movie culture? um you know uh, things like that so important movies for one reason or another um so that is why this list will not include (laughs) Duel because so obviously it's the start of a major career with steven spielberg so we talked about this movie in the last episode it's the start of spielberg's career but it's not a particularly like innovative or it's not a movie
2: show his best
1: yeah, I mean it's a good movie, but it doesn't it's like you wouldn't watch Duel and be like, wow, this guy's going to change He's the face going of cinema. Places. Right. <laughs> Whereas hopefully all the rest of these on our list you do get that feeling like, wow, these people are this is yeah. this guy's going to be a big deal. Um Uh, and I say guy because unfortunately we only have one female on here, which we, we tried,
2: but we do have an honorable mention list where there are a ton of females on it. It's just that they didn't fall into our criteria because they, we've only seen like one of their movies or they haven't had a chance to make more, nothing against them.
1: Yeah. So at the (laughs) end of our list, we'll talk about movies that came out very recently, um, that we think, you know, in maybe 10 years or so, if we redid this list, these movies would also make the list. So, let's get started. So, like I said, we're going to go chronologically. So, our first one is Breathless from 1960 by Jean-Luc Godard, also known as Abu de Souffle. Um, so, just to give a synopsis, I'm going to go with the Criterion, the back of the Criterion. <laughs> well, no, actually, I did have it pulled up. Um, the synopsis of this movie, if you haven't seen it is a small-time thief steals a car and impulsively murders a motorcycle policeman. Wanted by the authorities, he reunites with a hip American journalism student and attempts to persuade her to run away with him to Italy.
2: I can't remember if I've seen this film or not.
1: I hope you have. I
2: think I've seen it, and if I have, I've completely forgotten about it, so I have nothing to offer.
1: <laughs> well, okay. So let me let me say why this. So I, I'm a big fan of the French New Wave. Um, I was... It was a, one of the big biggest things I studied in film school, and uh, I'm just a big fan of the the whole movement. It's got a ton of my favorite filmmakers that are a part of it. This one isn't particularly very important because in a lot of ways it's like the first movie of the French new wave, and as the back of the criterion states, there was before breathless and there was after breathless <laughs> um. This movie is directed by Jean-Luc Godard and written by Francois Truffaut. They're like the two of the biggest people in the, in the French new wave.
2: French powerhouse.
1: Yeah. The French powerhouse <laughs> duo of <laughs> Francois Truffaut and Jean-Luc Godard. Um, but it's, the movie is r- super jazzy. It breaks all kind of film rules in order to tell a cool story. Like ra- rather than kind of relying on conventions, it breaks a lot of those rules to tell the story in, in a different kind of way. Um, it's just a weird and super cool movie. Like a lot of the French New Wave movies like uh Jean-Pierre Melville and stuff, those movies are cool is the best way to define them. Like they're super stylish and interesting and take advantage of the cinematic art form more than movies that came before. Um so this is the beginning of like when people talk about like snobby French art films, like mm. this is where this begins and it starts in a so much more fun way than probably the average moviegoer would guess. Um, so I love breathless. It's been a long time since I've seen it too, but, um, uh, it also launched the career of, uh, uh, oh, I never know. I think it, I don't know if it's a woman's name and it's Jean in French. Is it still Jean, Jean or is it Jean? Yeah. Jean? I'm not sure. Well, but, she was uh,
2: American. I thought they just had a movie come out about her.
1: That is true. That's what I was going to mention is, yeah, they just made a, like a biopic about her starring Kristen Stewart. Of course. <laughs> Anytime there's like a mousy looking woman <laughs> must be played by Kristen Stewart. Um, but uh, yeah, so anyways, it started a big career for her as well. Um, but yeah, it's a great movie. So if you haven't seen it, I, I highly recommend *Breathless*. It's a, and it's the start of how many movies has Jean-Luc Godard made? Just just based on IMDb's like
2: hundred, I don't know, uh, one hundred twenty-eight
1: <laughs> credits. He well, it could be. I mean, some of those are shorts, shorts and, and stuff. stuff. <laughs> but he's made. Ton- I mean, just in the '60s alone, he was making. I mean, just to look, what year? What year did I say this came out in '60?
0: Yeah,
1: uh, he made. One other movie that year, three the next year, three the next year, five the next year, five the next year, Good five on. the next year. I mean, he makes t- he made so many movies in the uh, in the sixties. It's outrageous. Um, so it was the start of this like incredibly prolific career. And Godard is also one of uh, one of cinema's greatest like philosophers and and writers too. He, he's a brilliant brilliant person, even though he's also incredibly hard to mm. for most people to get along with or yeah anyways but yeah that's breathless by Jean Luc godard from 1960
2: so next up we're fast tracking to 1968 and we're gonna be talking about night of the living dead directed by george a romero
1: hell yeah what's the a stand for you know (laughs) i I actually don't know i'm gonna say alan i'm gonna
2: say alfred
1: alfred yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) why not it seems like an alan to me (laughs) we'll find out andrew Hmm. we both lose
1: (laughs) sorry george yeah
2: um so if you haven't seen night of the living dead what's wrong with you uh it's not the original zombie movie but probably the biggest zombie movie um certainly
1: started the trend yeah. yeah for sure
2: so, it kind of follows a ragtag group of Pennsylvanians who barricade themselves in a farmhouse to remain safe from bloodthirsty, flesh-eating breed of monsters who are ravaging the East Coast of the United States. So, I of the Living Dead. This movie's awesome. Yeah, this was maybe
1: <laughs> the first movie I thought of when we decided to make this list. Yeah,
2: this is the oldest one I can figure out, besides Citizen Kane. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: Oh, which, by the way, we, I wanted to mention, we were talking the other day about why we thought there weren't that many older movies on our list. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think it's because we're youngins. No. I think it has more to do with the fact that um, in the early days of cinema, like nobody's first movie was good Yeah, f- because you, you typically just made got something. Yeah. You typically studio, made right? dozens <laughs> of terrible movies before or, or not terrible, but just very, you know b-level movies before you got even got a chance to do something decent um you know like Hitchcock made tons and tons of silent movies that you know nobody thinks about now before he made anything that is famous um we have to go back and do
2: like director's first great movie before like 1980 (laughs) yeah
1: so that and and the other part of that is I think now and and probably 80s onwards A lot of directors had the chance to do things like music videos and commercials and short films. Like there was a much bigger outlet for them to get practice in before they made their first. Yeah. And TV. Well, like, like dual, like
0: (laughs) Um,
1: people, there were more outlets for filmmakers to do, um, to get practice before they made their first feature. Yeah. So I think that's why there are more great first features, uh, from like late sixties on that we've got. But anyways, yeah. Back N- to Night
2: of the Living Dead. Yeah, sorry.
1: <laughs> um yeah, I mean obviously Night of the Living Dead is one of the most important movies ever made yeah. for sure. Uh I mean it's it's a movie that kicked off the whole zombie culture uh in in pop culture and and is a hu- just a huge landmark for horror movies in general. Um and it's the start. I mean, George Romero's career is he's he's not was not just a one off. And yeah, you know, Night mm-hmm. of the Living Dead is an amazing masterpiece, but it's not even his best movie. Not even close. I don't think.
2: I think it's amazing. I just <laughs> said it. I literally
1: used the word amazing. But I said I it, it might be best. my
2: favorite of his. I, I mean, his other zombie movies are also great.
1: Night, Dawn, and Day are all yeah really hard for me to choose. I
2: think time. Night of the Living Dead. is just too good since it's his first. It has like I don't know. Stuff.
1: <laughs> well, it's a, it's an like it's a movie that every time I rewatch it, I'm like, wow, I can't believe this was made in 1968. Like, it's incredibly relevant and well made. uh Especially, you know, these were this was <clears throat> he was making this on like an extremely tight budget with friends and kind of stuff. And it's it's I don't know. It's it definitely a landmark feels more movie. like a
2: passion project film. Yeah, he really put a lot of himself into it
1: for sure and of course i mean we can't mention i living dead without talking about the the social commentary all all, all george romero's movies have great social commentary yeah. but this one is the ending in particular i won't spoil it but the it's um, pretty
2: relevant <laughs> yeah
1: the the racial uh thematics in this movie are super relevant now and are incredibly bold for 1968 yeah um so yeah i mean night of the living dead's a total classic
2: if only he had copyrighted it
1: <laughs> yeah a movie that one of the greatest movies Lasting ever made
2: impacts of film copyright your stuff <laughs> yeah this movie has been
1: public domain for the last yeah. 50 years <laughs> and so you can watch it for free on youtube right now if you want i'd yeah. recommend the criterion is beautiful it's really i also like them. a lot
2: of the like shots um camera angles and lighting and just like extreme like tilted close-ups and stuff yeah mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Yeah, those canted angles. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fantastic movie. Um, And it's funny, I would also uh, just throw this in there. It'd be a really fun double feature to watch the original and then watch um the remake? Yeah, it's shocking that I would say this but yeah. You Tom actually Savini's, want to watch the remake? I do. Tom Savini's remake of Night of the Living Dead is great. It's very similar. He's pretty um faithful to the original but with
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I was confusing it with the Dawn of the Dead no, remake. That's no. why I'm like, what do you mean you want no, to watch? No, I hate that, that
1: movie. <laughs> no, Tom Savini's Night of the Living Dead that's it's basically just like the original except it's in color and the zombie effects are it's in 3D? Updated. I think it was. I yeah, think I've I never seen it in 3D, but I think Prime. it is. Yeah. yeah, that one's really good. I, we have the DVD. We should watch it sometime. But anyways. That was, and so what was
2: George Romero's last movie? Survival of the Dead?
1: Was that his last movie or his last zombie movie?
2: Last movie. Hmm.
1: Yeah, that one's not good at all, unfortunately.
2: Yeah. Um, Diary of the Dead, Land of the Diary Dead. Diary of the Dead is pretty good. Day of the Dead, Creepshow.
1: But yeah, I mean, we're talking about one of the most, the titans of horror movies for decades
2: but we also just found out that apparently George Romero has a uncredited role in Silence of the Lambs as an FBI agent so we're gonna go back and watch that
1: (laughs) I've never heard that I'm very curious now Yeah,
2: I want to see him (laughs) definitely so yeah Night of the Living Dead is great um and uh, actually when we were making this list it was kind of like oh there's a lot of like first time people their first movies are horror
1: oh yeah Especially like, oh, especially yeah. in that period, like in the 60s, 70s. And you know why that is? That's Roger Corman. Roger, Roger Corman, producer and director. I mean, he gave tons of major directors their first chance, like James Cameron. and Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm blanking. But yeah, a lot of people, they got their first chance on these B and C level mm-hmm. horror movies because, you know, people would trust them because who cares? Yeah. And then, you know, they went on their second or third movies are like gigantic, huge budget masterpieces. But yeah, very true. Yeah, we have a lot, a couple horror movies on this list, which of course is awesome. Yep.
2: All right. So next up.
1: Next is from 1977, jumping ahead to the next decade, and that is Eraserhead by Senor David
2: Lynch. (laughs) Senor. (laughs) I don't know where that came from.
1: Um, do you have a synopsis pulled up? Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah, very curious what of. it says.
2: All right. So it says, Henry Spencer tries to survive his his industrial environment, his angry girlfriend, and the unbearable screams of his newly born mutant child. Doesn't that sound <laughs> fun? Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen this too, but it just always sticks out, like the music alone. And then just David... It has and all of David heaven. Lynch's yeah, like techniques mm. and odd whatever. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think you could... Probably you can make a pretty strong argument that it's his best movie, I would say.
2: Maybe. I think Blue Velvet might be my favorite. I mean,
1: I agree. It's not my favorite of his movies, but it is I think it's maybe his most important movie. It's, it's also
2: very bizarre, but you still understand what's happening. <laughs> Whereas some of his other films it's bizarre and you don't know what's maybe happening. Maybe <laughs> so. But yeah,
1: I think Eraserhead is one of those movies where it's super artsy in that like the story is very secondary, like the story is like yeah. extremely loose. Um but the way it's shot and the way the sound, the very unsettling sound design and the weird makeup effects and stuff, Harley's like staring into <laughs> Michelle's soul. She's happening. sitting on the table. <laughs> Anyways, um, everything about eraser head is like built to give you the this case. very uncomfortable <laughs> feeling. And, and through that, you kind of understand like subconsciously what it's about, even though yeah. it might not be all there, like consciously on the screen. Um, and i always i always remember this about racerhead cuz it's just so bizarre that david lynch claims there's some bible verse that he <laughs> read that was like the key to unlocking how he understood what a racerhead should be about and then he but he's like i will never tell anybody what that <laughs> so what that weird. verse <laughs> yeah i always wonder if it's him like trolling everybody probably <laughs> like why
2: did david lynch read the bible
1: <laughs> yeah it's in that catching the big fish book he's like i don't think i'll ever tell anyone what that verse <laughs> is um uh
2: so lasting impacts of the film (laughs) it's Uh, okay to be weird (laughs) well
1: yeah it's certainly one of the most important and biggest and well-known like abstract experimental movies for sure i don't know if i could name any other experimental movies that are as well known as Eraserhead.
2: i also really like the the poster design oh yeah i mean that that picture picture jack nance is super yeah very iconic
1: yeah um and then yeah this is another one where Part of it, part of it, like Eraserhead is amazing, but it also is the start of a major career in you know, one of the best directors of all yeah, time for sure. After
2: this, you get Elephant Man, which I still really oh, yeah, remember that's a great loving. Movie. And then Dune, which is hmm, it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get like Blue Velvet, Wild of Heart, um Mahan Drive,
1: of course. Well, I there guess is it is. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> inland empire yeah i mean you know certainly one of the biggest and most important careers in american movies
2: and i'm glad like he was able to keep his style throughout all of his projects
1: yeah well this he is never a...
2: really like goes off too well, far except for maybe
1: the straight story well, I and haven't dune. seen the I mean all those story. early ones. Straight <laughs> story and dune and uh Elephant Man are all kind of uh, Elephant Man I think is, Elephant
2: Man is still That close has that's
1: probably the closest him. to a racer head honestly. Yeah. It's got some of those vibes what for what he did sure. right
2: after it. Yeah.
1: But um you know there's also this is this is one where we can point out well like like with George Romero he got his practice doing It is interesting to think what these guys did before this. Like Jean-Luc Godard was writing for a movie fan magazine. uh i don't know how you say kai's do cinema in in uh, france and then george romero was making industrial like safety videos (laughs) uh, in pennsylvania in uh, pittsburgh and then david lynch before this was making uh short films his like in college short films which are infamous and awesome can we talk about this for a second
2: talk about grandmother
1: oh you don't want to talk about six men getting sick
2: (laughs) i don't think i saw that one. that's the one
1: where it's just like heads (laughs) on walls and they're just like vomiting paint for like four minutes or something i just
2: have a very vivid memory of watching i don't know it was like halloween and i was in middle school or something and for some reason pbs was showing his shorts and they showed the grandmother and i just turned it on like and i was like what is happening exactly (laughs) it was so creepy i've never felt so creeped out and disgusted like at the same time because it's like black and white but then i think he like colorized parts of it so there's like orange oh, really? like oh yeah mounds in the kid's bed and it's like yeah well that's the very similar <laughs> feeling that
1: i get with like, like
2: what is happening <laughs> i mean i feel like
1: i saw a race head i don't even remember the first time i saw it at home but i remember the first time we saw it in theaters It had a much bigger impact on me and I I had the exact same feeling that I had the first time I saw Inland Empire in theaters, which is that I was physically sinking into my seat and like very uncomfortable and scared. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and that's definitely, that's David Lynch's purview right there. (laughs) Um, and yeah, Racerhead is arguably his most uncomfortable unsettling movie and potentially about becoming a father. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> that's my read on it. Or <laughs> why you shouldn't become
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. But yeah, and Eraserhead was a movie that, like our next movie, is really important in establishing the trend of the midnight movie.
2: Good segue, Harper. Yeah. So next up, 1981, The Evil Dead by Sam Raimi.
1: That's right.
2: Take it away. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Uh, so if you haven't seen Evil Dead, it's about a group of friends they travel to a cabin in the woods and then crazy flesh possessing demon people start haunting and attacking them yes so you got
1: the dead ghost yeah <laughs> dead <Deadites. laughs> um yeah i mean evil dead is to me like evil dead and ev- i prefer evil dead too but um e- evil dead and evil dead 2 are to me like maybe the most inspirational movies I can watch, which I know is a funny thing to say, but <laughs> because they are so full of like, just let's figure out how to do it. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter how much money we have or what kind of acting talent just we get have or whatever together. Yeah. Just get a bunch of people together that <laughs> are talented and figure it out
2: doing gross things.
1: <laughs> like, Hey, there's not a full moon. I don't care. We'll film the full moon somewhere else and cut it out and put it on the screen. Yeah. Like there, you know, all the special effects, all the crazy Stuff that's happening, the fact that he's taking all this stuff from slapstick and applying it to horror, like the three, all this Three Stooges stuff that Raimi is obviously a huge fan of. Um, I mean, e- Evil Dead is trying to play it a little straighter and is still very funny, whereas Evil Dead 2 <laughs> definitely kind of treads that line much yeah. more. It's a much more balanced line it's with like, the oh, comedy. We
2: could do a horror comedy, <laughs> um,
1: but but Evil Dead is such a masterpiece in terms of like uh, ingenuity in uh, American filmmaking and especially horror filmmaking with the makeup effects and everything and all the the crazy shots they were able to pull off in these really clever ways. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It's, and, and again, like a lot of these, it's the start of a major career. Like, you know, I mean the evil dead franchise in its own has been a thing that's still running in one way or another. Um, and started the career of Bruce Campbell, the chin, the chin,
2: the magic chin.
1: (laughs) Um, but, you know, I mean, and even now, I, I because of Evil Dead, I'm very excited for the next, one of the next Marvel movies that Sam Raimi is doing, the Doctor Strange 2, which is crazy.
2: Yeah, he did all the Spider-Mans, though, right? He did, the which Spider-Man. are also, <laughs> yeah, which the first two, especially, well, yeah, are really good. yeah, which
1: Spider-Mans? <laughs> um, yeah, he's one just like, we. we I don't know if we talked about this in the podcast before or not, but like Peter Jackson, he started making these really great low-budget horror movies, and then went on to do like some of the biggest budget movies of all time. Like Spider-Man was a huge movie. And
2: I love his commitment to practical effects. Cause like Absolutely. that scene in Spider-Man where it's such a short moment when Tobey Maguire, he's catching all the food in the uh-huh. cafeteria. That was all real. Yep. <laughs> it's all... like, why would they spend so much time on that? Mm-hmm. But I appreciate it. And all that stuff <laughs>
1: tracks back right to evil dead. Like that, that's where it kind of started that he really stayed true to that. Like practical, uh, figure it out approach
2: yeah
1: um and so it I, really shows i'm
2: trying to think what other movies really stand out obviously evil dead 2 army of darkness is same vein oh it's great I like uh, evil dead
1: 2 way more uh drag me to hell is awesome i Spider-Man think spider-man
2: 1 2 and 3 yeah drag me to hell i think you like that more than i do but mm-hmm. still good
1: uh but yeah i'm super excited about him kind of making a return even though it's a superhero movie but it is also probably hopefully it in the be vein a little of horror.
2: strange yeah a little strange
1: but yeah this was another one that. well was, do you
2: know what it's called
1: i can't remember dr
2: strange in the multiverse of madness oh yeah <laughs> sounds pretty cool so it better have some good special effects <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah
1: but yeah evil, evil dead is like, iconic and yeah like a head. The whole midnight movie phenomenon of going out super late to see a movie I, re- I miss That's a culture. Going I really. Movie
0: theaters. <laughs> I miss movie
1: theaters in general right now. Yeah. But yeah I, I even before all this happened, I really miss going out to see a movie the night before it released at midnight. There's I something know. super special I about that. Mean, and also, totally you knew gone. the
2: audience was committed. Like right. We all decided to come at midnight. We're not going to be on our phones on and Thursday talk night. It. Not stupid Thursdays at six thirty.
1: Yeah, I, I really miss that. <laughs> and yeah, Evil Dead and Eraserhead were like the two pioneering. Midnight. Hopefully, we'll and get El topo is the our other one.
2: But Alamo Draft House soon, and they'll do midnight. Shows. I hope so. That would be awesome.
1: We got. We're gonna see so many movies when the when the quarantine is.
2: <laughs> I don't even know if it exists. We'll <laughs> figure it out. Give me all your movies. I'm gonna movie so hard after this. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So Evil Dead, Sam Raimi. Next up, we're going to the future 1984, (laughs) Uh, Blood Simple, which was directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen. Let me ask
1: you a question.
2: A.K. The Cohen Brothers.
1: Is it Blood Simple, period? Is that the official name?
2: I don't see that on IMDb. I know
1: I like the poster, (laughs) but yeah, I always wonder about that.
2: Also, the Criterion cover is amazing and I love
1: it. It is Cool.
2: So if you haven't seen Blood Simple, it's a rich but jealous man hires a private investigator to kill his cheating wife and her lover. However, nothing is simple when blood is involved. It's a nice little tie back. Blood
1: Simple? Yeah. I mean, blood no. Blood is, I mean, there's different types <laughs> of blood. You got to make sure it's kept cold. Blood yeah. is pretty, it's pretty complicated.
2: Yeah, they also wrote the movie and stars Frances McDormand. Mm-hmm. I don't think this was her first film, though.
1: Maybe not, but it was certainly where she met the Coen brothers. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's I'm a funny! Like... I didn't think about the fact that we're doing these two right back. Actually, to it back. was her
2: first film. Oh, no kidding! Cool.
1: It's funny that we're doing these back to back because the Coen brothers and and the Ramey brothers were like good yeah. friends in college, <laughs> and we're always doing stuff to get back to each other. Um, but yeah, this I always f- kind of forget about Bloodstone because the Coen brothers have made so many good movies. Yeah, but every time we go back and watch it, I'm like this is so good. Like it's one of their best.
2: When we watched this, like last year, we saw
1: it at at, the the Plaza not that long ago. Um, yeah, I remember
2: being kind of like blown away. It's like, Oh, like I thought Fargo was their big movie, but this is like pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. It's really good. And it's, it's a simple crime story, but it's just done with so much style and it's so clever. The dialogue is really good.
2: Yeah. Cinematography is good.
1: mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Who's there's somebody, is it their usual cinematographer that's on this? Um, i can't remember
2: uh, let me check
1: um i r- remember vividly thinking that this movie has really really good sound design which is cool because that's a through line for a lot of their movies have great sound design barton fink one of the best um but yeah l- apparently launched the career of francis mcdormand who then married one of the coen brothers right? barry
2: son of oh barry sonnenfeld yeah the cinematographer he's
1: done tons and tons of good movies Um, but I'm assuming this is probably pretty early in his career too. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, it's the beginning of maybe my favorite run of movies by, I mean, the Coen brothers, if, if I had to like total up the number of movies I love by specific directors, they have the most for sure.
2: Yeah. I feel like they do have some weak links, but overall, like, but they've made a ton, like consistent movies. (laughs) I mean, they've
1: made at least like seven or eight movies that I would consider masterpieces. Yeah. For sure, and that's a huge number. Um, but yeah, I mean, Blood Simple is awesome, and it's it's a lesser seen one. So, like, if you're a fan of something like uh, like Fargo or A Serious Man or No Country for Old Men, yeah, and you've else? never gone back and seen Blood Simple, like, I mean, it's definitely definitely
2: worth, take the time to go watch it. Yeah,
1: it's it's a masterpiece. It's really good and really shows off all of their talents right off the bat with their yeah. first movie, which is really impressive
2: i trying to think of what else. Yeah, Serious Man. I mean, even some of their new stuff is pretty good. I didn't really like Hell Caesar that much, but Inside and Davis, True Grit, oh, yeah. Serious oh, Man. Oh, no, I always
1: forget about True Grit. Yeah, that's a good one, too.
2: Burn After Reading. I feel like I need yeah. to give it another chance. Oh, No Country for Old Men. Oh, my God. Of
1: course. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Oh, brother, where are you though? Yeah. Big Lebowski. There's just oh, too many. God. You just get Barton Fink, Miller's Crossing. <laughs> oh
1: my God. Yeah. Right then in that, like, what are those two are like what? Late nineties, Barton Fink and Miller's Crossing. Yeah.
2: Ninety, ninety one. That's
1: like their, that run right there. Even just those two movies, but Big Lebowski is right in there too. Right. Yeah. art. I mean,
2: 98.
1: Jeez. I mean, what a <laughs> insanely masterful run right there, but yeah. Starts with blood simple. That's a good one.
2: Yep. Just watch all their movies in order.
1: <laughs> That'd be a fun exercise. This may be something we'll do one day. Yeah. we got nothing better to do.
2: All right. Next up, 1985. It's the secret word of the day. Ah. <laughs> so, yeah, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, which we talk about all the time. And we literally just <laughs> talked about in the last
1: episode because we saw Paul Rubens. Yeah. Um, Yeah. This is one that I always like. I, I don't think the first time I saw this movie, I had any idea that it was Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. And I certainly didn't know it was his first movie.
2: But then when you know it, it's like, obviously yes. it's like it has all of his like classic stuff. And <laughs> I, I won't
1: go on and on about Pee Wee's Big Adventure specifically. Cause we've talked, we've talked about it before for sure. But like, I mean, Tim Burton, even though lately he's certainly kind of gotten into a rut, although you could argue something like big eyes is kind of a return to form for him a little bit, but like, I mean, his early career, especially just, I mean, he completely created a whole new, um, like look for movies that i don't think we'd ever seen before
2: yeah i think he carries most of that into his other movies though like even just his posters they you can tell is like a tim burton film. oh yeah
1: he has a super iconic because johnny
2: depp is on all the cars
1: <laughs> <laughs> johnny depp and helena bonham carter
2: yeah but i always like his music always stands out too not his obviously Danny but yeah
1: scored just about everything he's done yeah
2: so while i might not enjoy all his movies i think he sticks to like
1: oh but like his, his thing his early run of stuff with Who's Big Adventure and like Edward Scissorhands. and
2: Beetlejuice,
1: Beetlejuice. Batman, Batman Return. Oh my god, yeah, those two Batman. Oh, Ed movies. Wood.
2: That's yeah, like Ed Wood. the yeah edward might be one of my favorites <laughs> yeah i mean
1: his his the first half of his career at least like yeah. i guess what would even we, mars
2: attacks that's like oh mars 6 is great humor like
1: <laughs> would we say everything up to, to planet extremes. of the apes is that where does that where he takes a downturn
2: i kind of want to re-watch this because Ugh. i didn't know tim roth was in it
1: <laughs> is he a monkey
2: yeah he is <laughs> he might be the bad monkey yeah i think he is
1: <laughs> mark Wahlberg. <Mark. laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a good movie um yeah but
2: and he likes to use the same people and his wife and Helen yes. bonham carter
1: yeah but i mean yeah Wee's big adventure is like it's one of my all-time favorite movies yeah. it's a perfect movie and it's his first movie which is unreal yeah <laughs> like it's just so iconically like i don't know it really Wee's big adventure really defines right off the bat his it although it doesn't have the gothic stuff necessarily although that's definitely there in like, there's
2: elements yeah in
1: like the interrogation scene and when he's and like, walking down the, uh-huh. the
2: alleyway and he's like <laughs> and yeah like exactly Tim Burton's in that scene uh-huh. that's, that's
1: exactly <laughs> what I was gonna say um yeah that stuff's definitely there but even without the like people think of Tim Burton's movies as like oh he's like this gothic like you know black-haired Climation weirdo claymation yeah <laughs> but like there's more to it than that I think like the real key to that is not that, not that it's specifically goth but that it's super carefully production designed and like
2: it's like classic s- horror comedy yeah <laughs> <don't> well <laughs>
1: he like puts in a ton of care into like the sets and the yeah. way the sets are dressed and the costumes and the way the, everybody's hairstyles are there's just such a well-defined look for all of his movies and a lot of them are pretty similar but there's they're very like you you wouldn't see a movie that you can't mistake another person's movie as a Tim Burton movie. You would never.
2: Yeah. He always reminds me like, his sets and stuff. It's like Cabinet of Dr. Cal- Caligari. Caligari. Yeah. yeah That's definitely. what I always, I feel like he just watched that over and over as a kid. He's like, oh, these houses should have weird angles. He's definitely got a lot, <laughs> a
1: lot of the like German expressionism and like Universal Monster movie DNA in his, make, in his, uh, his director makeup for sure. Harley's getting into all kind of trouble yeah, today. She's
2: on a record player. <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah, Peewee's Big Adventure. So awesome.
2: Yeah. Uh yeah. So anything else for Mr. Wait, did you Martin? have a
1: synopsis for Peewee's Big Adventure? <laughs> I can Cuz I bet I, it's hilarious.
2: It talks about man child. I knew it was going to say
1: man child. That's what I was hoping for.
2: Uh let's see. Peewee's Big Adventure. Exce- wait,
1: here I'm going to guess. I bet I bet it says eccentric man child Peewee Herman. Has to go on an adventure to reclaim his stolen bike.
2: Basically.
1: (laughs) How close was I?
2: Eccentric man-child Pee-wee Herman gets his beloved bike stolen in broad daylight. He sets out across the U.S. on the adventure of his life. Uh, I think
1: I I had like 70% of the words there.
2: Eccentric man-child is the only way to describe Pee-wee's big adventure. Eccentric man-child.
1: That's how you would tell someone who's never seen Pee-wee what Pee-wee is.
2: How many times can we talk about Pee-wee Herman on
1: this uh, podcast? If, we, if we're doing our job right, he gets brought up on every yeah. episode. I mean, let's be honest.
2: <laughs> All right. So now we're going, what, like 12, 11 years 11 into the years. future. <laughs> I now. can do math. <laughs> uh, to Bottle Rocket, 1996, directed by Wes Anderson. Yes. And it stars Owen Wilson and his brother, right? Luke Wilson? Yes. Um, And who else? Who else? Who else? Who else?
1: Uh Robert Duval, right? I don't think so. I thought Robert Duval is his like mentor, though like his like karate master.
2: I don't see him listed. What? I'm not I'm <laughs> no. not making that up. But anyway, go the ahead. synopsis, three friends plan to pull off a simple robbery and go on the run. It's very simple. <laughs> Um, so I haven't seen this movie in a while, but it definitely stands out. You can tell it's a Wes Anderson film, but it's not quite like to his crazy c- symmetry. Oh, it's James
1: <laughs> Khan, not Robert Duvall. Okay.
2: <laughs> but it's also, it's very like goofy and hilarious and they wear like matching yellow jumpsuits and it's just, yeah, I love it.
1: <laughs> this is another one, like a lot of these, uh, well not a lot of these, but a fair amount of these where I didn't see this until I was already very... Um, uh, um familiar with. Yeah. Anderson? This
2: one, I think it's like, Oh, we should go back and watch his first film. I think
1: I want to say Royal Tenenbaums is probably the first of his that I saw. I'm
2: sure. Yeah.
1: It was Royal Tenenbaums and then probably Rushmore. And then maybe some, maybe life aquatic or something before I went back and saw this finally. Yeah. Um, because just looking at like, probably not now the criteria and stuff, but like the old DVD, I remember when I first bought, it, I was like, Oh, this looks okay. Yeah. Like
2: <laughs> it's not the best cover. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just
1: Owen Wilson's or, yeah. Owen Wilson's goofy face. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's so good. Like yeah. I would put it in my top three or four of his movies probably.
2: Yeah. I think I bumped it up when we watched it yeah. the last time. I was like, oh, this is well, funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is one
1: like a lot of the last ones we've talked about that like already in this very first, very kind of small scale movie, um, Wes Anderson's totally a hundred percent already in control of his look, his yeah. feel, his dialogue, his the kind of characters that are in his movie, the music. Um, it's all already there in this first movie, and like if I mean if this is another one, I mean we're probably going to say this with all these, but like if you like his other movies and you've never gone back and seen Bottle Rocket, like you're really missing out. It's yeah. one of his best. Um, Apparently,
2: the, it was a little rough for Wes Anderson though, and really. Owen Wilson, yeah, it it bombed basically, uh, and like uh, financially. rough, you mean? Yeah, and apparently Sundance refused to show the film, and so really? he reshot the beginning of it. Huh,
1: <laughs> that's kind of surprising. Well, not really surprising. I mean, it's a this doesn't look like a movie that you'd see at Con. Yeah, like, um, like Rushmore. Yeah, we're, about, we're getting
2: into like the indie nineties movies yeah, soon for sure. <laughs>
1: um, so
2: it's not classic like hollywood standards or anything
1: i would say this is one of his funniest movies yeah um so and this is like a good establishing thing that he starts here that follows through all his movies are these characters that are like not real, yeah. <laughs> like I mean the uh, Owen Wilson's character in this is a guy who's like what in his late twenties, who's think so. who They're all pretty wants young. to become a bank robber. Yeah, but it's like he's applying like these movie tropes of like crime movies to like a very boring real yeah, world, yeah, like goofy where doofuses. like these goofballs <laughs> like there's no way like you know right from the beginning like this is absurd that these guys are never gonna rob a yeah. place and get away <laughs> with it like and it's just super so it's su- there's like this great um. <laughs> And don't they try uh, to contrast. rob,
2: like, some weird store? It's like a store. warehouse. Yeah. It's like a, warehouse like a place you wouldn't even consider robbing. Right. <laughs>
1: um, but, yeah, the the ending of this movie when he's in jail and he's, like, uh, they, his friends come to visit him on Wilson's character. And um, he's, like, he's like, all right, guys, the breakout starts in 5, 4. You need to get in place. And they're, like, freaking out. They don't, yeah. And he's, like, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things in any yeah. West Anderson movie to me. I think about that a lot. Yeah. But like all his framing, a lot of the cast are people that that show up in all, tons of his movies. Yeah,
2: definitely. Um, it seems like all these directors—they just that we've talked about—they use a lot of the same people. Well,
1: because I think like these, I would,
2: would guess people who didn't just they just start with anything. their friends yeah yeah
1: i would guess that these are probably some of the earliest movies that the wilson brothers are in or had any kind of involvement with too i'm proud i would imagine
2: yeah it's in the trivia for this movie it said Owen oh, wilson almost quit acting to become a marine because it did so poorly
1: yeah <laughs> so i'm it.
2: guessing this was one of his earliest oh films. wow i didn't yeah. know that he says oh wow in oh, this wow. right
1: i'm sure i don't know he has
2: to oh wow <laughs> oh wow um <laughs> It's the beginning of, oh, wow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, this launched definitely their two careers, but also Wes Anderson, you know, is now one of the most iconic and most, he's another one like Tim Burton that, like, you can't see a movie and be like, is this a Wes Anderson movie? Like, (laughs) there's no way you could, if you see one of his movies, you know it's his, and if you see somebody else's, you know it's not his. Like, nobody does it quite like he does.
2: Have you ever seen the short that he made? I
1: don't, I'm sure it's on the DVD. I don't don't remember if I've watched it or not. Yeah. Is it starring the same people? Yeah, it does. Yeah, that would surprising. <laughs> the me. same
2: plot, same everything. Yeah. Just shorter. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah, it's a great movie, though. But yeah, it, it totally establishes a lot of his tropes that are now people make fun of, but like at the time, you would never have thought of making a movie like this. Yeah.
2: So I think for me, like my top Wes Anderson films Royal Tenenbaum's, Grand Budapest Hotel.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I haven't rewatched Rushmore in so <sighs> long. That's my I don't know.
1: Well, I- <laughs> I would say Grand Budapest, Rushmore, Bottle Rocket, probably, yeah. and then well, Royal Tenenbaums and Bottle Rocket are pretty close, but yeah.
2: But I wonder his he was supposed to have a film come out this year, The French Dispatch. I don't That's know right. if it I got pushed about or that. not.
1: Yeah, I guess we'll find out.
2: But if Isle of Dogs, I think was fine. It's I good. remember liking it, but I don't think I'd want to like rewatch it. So I hope this kind of goes back. Where he was going with Grand Budapest yeah. Hotel? Yeah, Grand Budapest is it was arguably like everything he does best on steroids.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think like it's not my it's maybe not my personal favorite. Like it's not the one I'm going to rewatch the most because that's Rushmore for sure. But um,
2: I'll probably rewatch it a lot. <laughs> but Grand Budapest is,
1: I think, is probably his best movie. Yeah, I mean it's it's a masterpiece. It's and
2: now he has game. like people clamoring to be in it. <laughs> yeah,
1: now, now yeah. a Wes Anderson trailer now is just a series of. Funny uh square, square shots, shots <laughs> of actors with their names underneath. And it. people saying
2: like, No, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> and
1: know. you think I did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Very quick a, little I remember, I remember our friend Paul, he does he's not a West Anderson fan. He was like, I feel like West Anderson movies are just people just running really <laughs> yeah. fast from Oddly. Uh, from yeah. from left to right or right to left or back. Side and forth, <laughs> Yeah. trying to get away from people. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I guess I could see yeah. that
2: uh moonrise kingdom was cute i I do
1: not that's my least favorite by far
2: yeah i don't think i'd rewatch i do not like i do love it when bill murray he like pulls the tent
1: that is hiding in the tent yeah that part is funny (laughs) yeah i can't i i don't know if i've seen it more than once i remember yeah it's it's too cute it's way too cute it's, it's like, uh, it's like Wes Anderson making a Wes Anderson movie mm. to me, where instead of just making his own thing, you know,
2: I am really glad Bill Murray is a part of all his projects now.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, cause he did Rushmore for free. I believe either he did it for free or he offered to do it for free because he liked the script so much. Yeah. I can't remember the deal, but
2: we also got to meet Wes Anderson once. Mm-hmm. Oh. I think
1: we talked about it because yeah. we talked about that weird guy who's in the oh, background. Yeah. Of the picture. yeah, we
2: did not too long ago.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that picture. That weird dude.
2: Yeah. He was wearing corduroy. Yes, of course he was.
1: <laughs> yeah. What a night.
2: Yeah. So, Bottle Rocket. I totally recommend it. I think it's one of the better directorial debuts uh, for. How it many I of these to it. <laughs> that we've done so
1: far have been on Criterion? Breathless, Night of Living Dead, Eraserhead, Not Blood Evil Simple, Dead. yeah, and Bottle Rocket. That's five movies of the seven we've done so far. Yeah. I Criterion. think Pee Wee
2: should be on Criterion. 100%.
1: <laughs> Evil Dead should too, but Evil Dead's already had like a million yeah. releases. But, anyways.
2: All right. So now we come to the year, the year <laughs> before the millennia, 1999.
1: Apparently, the greatest year of movies People ever. People were just
2: trying to pump it out, I guess, in case Y2K happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we'll do it in alphabetical order because we have three movies from 1999. So, first. I swear up, we tried not
1: to have this yeah. happen, but we couldn't get rid of any of these three movies.
2: We're going to go with American Beauty. Yeah. Came out in 1999, Sam Mendes. Mendes? Mendes? I Mendes? say Mendes.
1: I don't know if it's Mendes or Men- I've heard both. I have no idea. Where's M- he from? Mendes? <laughs> <It's just> Mendes. <laughs> Sam Mendes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on the I crown. Know.
2: Mendes.
1: <laughs> Samuel Mendes. <laughs> I like you, the films of Samuel England. Mendes. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course he is, the. Mindy, yeah, he is from England, <laughs> which makes it funny that he made American, American Beauty as yeah. his
2: first movie. Um, So if you haven't seen American Beauty, it is about a sexually frustrated suburban father has a midlife crisis after becoming infatuated with his daughter's best friend. So it's Kevin Spacey being a creep with like a <sighs> 16 year old. Yeah, God,
1: <laughs> I really wish that. You know these guys who do the deepfake stuff. Yeah. You really need to get on replacing Kevin Spacey in these movies throughout everything. Because I hate it. Because American Beauty is one of my all-time favorite movies. Like it's yeah. a. It was one of the early movies that made me like start thinking about like screenwriting and filmmaking. And I hate that not only does it star a guy who is a total creep,
0: Pedophile. but yeah. a guy who was
1: being in this movie's about him kind of being a creep. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there, it's definitely problematic, but.
2: But we'll talk about Annette Bening and Thora Birch. Yeah, instead. let's 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 put aside the Ken Spacey stuff for a minute. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this movie. Now that we live in the suburbs, I totally get it even more. Yeah.
1: As the tagline says, "Look closer." Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's a su- It's a beautifully shot movie. It's. Uh, I think the movie is still pretty profound and poetic in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and really, so depressing. Yeah, too, it's super depressing for but every
2: character. I
1: think it examines suburban life in a much more realistic lens that also just happens to work out in a very kind of poetic yeah. way than like you know what you you know it's it's not the burbs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is
2: the Oscar burbs. <laughs>
1: but it's also I feel like like the dialogue. I mean, uh, it's written by uh, what's it, uh, Alan Ball, right? Who yeah. I, I think Alan went on. Ball. He's most famous for doing Six Feet Under. I think he created that show which makes it's me think I similar, ought to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, the script is really good. The dialogue is super, it's funny. The, the, this is another one where to me, I think a lot of these movies transcend like genre, like, yeah. How, what it's would you call dark like bottle rocket is not just a comedy. Like there's no. more to it than that. And like, okay. Okay. So evil dead is definitely a horror movie, yeah. but it's also a slapstick movie. And like blood simple is crime, but it's also a lot more than that. Like, you know, and American Beauty is a movie, too, that I think defies kind of like an easy categorization because it's I always think about it as being a very funny movie, but it's also a really sad movie. Um,
2: yeah, because like the kids are depressed. The mom is everybody's having affair like affair because she's depressed. Yeah. It's just like it's that everybody.
1: whole <laughs> it's that whole malaise thing that Jimmy Carter talked about. <laughs>
2: It's a fun, I guess. In the nineties, it's very like middle class stories. Like there wasn't like nine eleven hadn't happened. The economy mm. was still going great. All three of these ninety nine movies are <laughs> yeah. very middle
1: class movies. You're right. It's very
2: like existential crisis.
1: like we had
2: time to think about our. Isn't existence. the Matrix ninety nine too? I think so. Surprise! Is,
1: oh, that's not their first movie. No, about Sam. Surprise! That's on our list. Yeah. But yeah, Bound. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I still. I, it's funny because a lot of times I think about it when I haven't seen it in a while, I'm like, Oh yeah, American beauty. Like I used to really love that movie in like high school and college, but I bet looking back at it now, like it's probably not that great. But every time I go back and watch it, I'm like this, uh, it just like makes me cry and I die laughing.
2: Well, it's been made fun of so many times too. uh, She is
1: the assistant (laughs) manager. So you're kind of on her turf now.
2: (laughs) Um, cause, uh, like he's a film student the next door neighbor he's just oh a, and it's about like homophobia there's oh, a lot going yeah. on <laughs> but yeah uh the film he's like this is the most beautiful thing i've ever filmed or the, the grocery the trash bag, bag. Yeah. it's like how many times has this i was
1: been i was him in high school of? by the way a hundred percent i was why i
2: fell in love with you yeah. you were so cool <laughs> yeah.
1: i was like look at this video i shot of yeah <laughs> garbage <laughs> um but apparently that you really like that yeah. one. Um, but
2: anyway, some other stuff like well, Sam Mendez. Yes, we haven't talked Mendes. about <laughs> what else he's done, which yeah.
1: he's I think his career's been a little hit or miss.
2: I think he has some solid
1: <laughs> Well, I've never have you ever things. seen Jarhead? I've never seen that.
2: I saw bits and pieces of it working in the movie theater. Yeah.
1: But Revolutionary Road. It's a great one. Great. Another like. Another suburban. Yeah. Beneath the suburban uh, exterior kind of thing.
2: Skyfall. Oh, Skyfall. Amazing. that's Amazing. <laughs> yeah,
1: Skyfall in <and> 1917 <laughs> are surely the other ones. Yeah. That are, but,
2: Spectre. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Spectre's not so great, but.
2: Away we go. Is that the.
1: God, I forgot he directed oh, that yeah. with that's John so Krasinski. so indie. It's so yeah. out of
2: like his realm. I yeah. That's know. an
1: interesting one. Road it's, to a Perdition, movie, it's a really good was movie. what he
2: did right after this but i think really? i've only seen it once
1: yeah i haven't seen that in a yeah. long time i remember really liking it it's a good comic too
2: so yeah he's yeah
1: he's had a pretty prolific career and i think he hasn't
2: made that many for starting no in he hasn't but what
1: i think is interesting about sam mendes is mendes i, don't I, <laughs> I always say it like that I, I think one of the things that's interesting about him is that um like like some of the great filmmakers, you can't pin him down and being like, oh yeah, he's just that that horror guy or yeah. that suburban drama guy. Like, yeah. I mean, you would never guess really that the guy who made 1917, like a one take World War One movie also did American Beauty and Road yeah. to Perdition. Like those, all three of those movies are totally different.
2: Yeah, he's, he jumps around in the genre. He's
1: just a good craftsman, I think. And mm-hmm. I, I will say off through line, I think all of his movies have great character work. And even if he didn't write those movies, that I think he gets a lot of great performances out of his actors. Yeah, um, definitely. And I think American Beauty kind of—I re- could be wrong about this—but I feel like it was a big jumping point for Annette Bening to kind of get back into the game. So I think she had been kind of out of it for a while. I could be wrong about that, but I feel like this was a big thing for her because I know she got nominated, might have even won. This won a ton of Oscars. <laughs>
2: um you're forgetting her great work in mars attacks <laughs> okay sure <laughs> but yeah i'm not yeah it kind of seems like she did a movie or two every few years so yeah but nothing really jumps out I one guess. of
1: i would say one of our great actresses but has not done as much as i would have liked to have seen her in yeah she's um, really
2: good in that movie i watched not too long ago um, um 20th century the one with women. jimmy carter talking about my yeah she's really good in that so <laughs>
1: <That's the laughs> many times i can mention jimmy carter <laughs> um yeah but yeah american beauty is still still a great movie every time i watch it i'm like yeah no yeah, i guess it's yeah. still in my top 10 i can't can't take it out um but yeah so what else we got from 1999
2: all right moving on to, to the bees to... we
1: have one for every letter <laughs> yeah. of the alphabet for 1999
2: buckle up um, being John Malkovich, 1999, Spike Jones. Oh. So, we watched this again not too long ago, and it's so, it gets me. I love the humor. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so so, so good. weird of like, this is your first film, and it's going to be about an actual person and being inside his head. It's like, how do they get the funding for
1: that? Being John Malkovich <laughs> is I, like, I always have a hard time describing this, but being John Malkovich is the perfect, uh, the perfect movie of this weird subgenre that I really love where you come up with a really bizarre concept yeah. and then just let the story go from there. Like, yeah, so like they will go ahead. Go if ahead. you
2: haven't seen it, it's about a puppeteer played by John Cusack who discovers a portal that leads literally into the head of movie star, John Malkovich
1: Yes, <laughs> playing himself. Yeah. So yeah. And and there's all sorts of other weird stuff. Like he works at an office where he has to like, it's like in between floors and there's all these like tiny filing cabinets (laughs) and weird stuff. So yeah, it's just like, it establishes a really strange setup and then you're like, you put real characters in that setup and just see where it goes from there. Um, and it's brilliant. And, yeah this always drives me crazy that one of the main things people talk about with this movie is like this is the movie that showed us that cameron diaz could be ugly oh my god <laughs> like the, wow like, like that's
2: what you take away wow from like this? then you when you put a bunch
1: of dirt and weird makeup on somebody's face <laughs> that they don't look as beautiful wow what a shock like what an accomplishment
2: i hate it that happened with Charlize Theron too mm-hmm, when she monster. did monster it's like oh yeah.
1: wow her She's acting so ability
2: like we can actually pay attention to her acting skills yeah because i'm not distracted by her boobs like yeah, <laughs>
1: kind of annoying but um yeah i mean this movie is so str- the music is awesome the concept oh, yeah. I is love so the music weird. for this Who <laughs> did the score to this do you have it up still yeah uh it, oh, god i want to say danny elfin on top of my head but that's probably I not true i think
2: it's danny Elfman? alexander Desplot. why can't i find the
1: uh, I'm just gonna name composer Hans maybe? Zimmer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have no idea. Um, this uh, while you're looking that up, I'll say this is the perfect example of a movie like we mentioned earlier. Spike Jones got to start making music videos. Carter Burwell. Oh, Carter Burwell. <laughs> yeah, that totally makes that <laughs> tracks. Um, yeah, Spike Jones made some of my favorite music videos for like Daft Punk and stuff. Yeah, part of that legendary DVD set that everybody my age had access to and loved, which was. Michelle Gondry, Spike Jones and Chris Cunningham's music videos, because they're the, all three of the greatest things you've ever seen. You can watch them all day long. But, um, yeah, he got to start making very strange music videos, like the defunct one for Daft Punk where I it's, think
2: he still does. Oh yeah, definitely music videos too. where it's like
1: a dog, a, a life-size, uh, anthropomorphic dog. That's like meeting a girl. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, so it t- totally tracks for him to go from that to being John Malkovich. It's yeah. that same sort of style. Um, but, but
2: coming from like going yeah. on throughout, yeah, what his else has he made? Well, I'm trying to look, but AMDB literally lists every single
1: oh, the music videos. He has so yeah. many. It's well, like, okay, I can tell you it's adaptation, uh, not Synecdoche New York. I was getting him mixed up with Charlie Coffin because Charlie Coffin wrote, he might have written Being John Malkovich too, but he definitely wrote uh, adaptation. Um, but he did adaptation and, um, obviously her is the yeah. The more, her is
2: my favorite yeah her is a
1: masterpiece um her is a movie where it takes like all of his movies have like a strange sort of meta concept that then turns into something much more meaningful and and interesting and her takes that to a much more like powerful extreme i think
2: sorry i spelled spike jones wrong ah uh, i thought it was like jones
1: no it's, but J-O-N-Z. it's john, z. Yeah. john z yeah john
2: z spike john z yeah so uh he did where the wild things are oh that's right
1: i was forget about that one um, that was a weird that was a movie i was really disappointed by yeah. i need to see that again maybe i like
2: the trailer more than i liked uh, yeah. <laughs> everything else but adaptation
1: it's just a long arcade fire music video
2: yeah so many music videos but I think he he's coming out with a Beastie Boys documentary.
1: Oh, that's cool! Yeah, I think he did a bunch of their videos too, right? Yeah.
2: Um. But yeah.
1: Yeah, he's one of those guys that like when a new Spike Jonze movie comes out, it's kind of like an event for me because yeah. it's uh, cause his movies are so unique and strange. I mean, him, him and uh, a lot of the credit for being John Malkovich, I would say, goes to Charlie Kaufman. He did write it, right? I'm not making that up. I'm checking really quick. Um. Yes. Who so Charlie Kaufman wrote a lot of this kind of strange stuff that then gave Spike Jen's like the leeway to like adaptations mm-hmm. the same way, uh, which is also adaptation's a really good movie, too, that I haven't seen in a long time. But um, yeah, I mean, this is it's my kind of movie like to a T. I could watch this over and over again. And the cast is awesome with Katherine Keener and John Cusack. And of course. John Malkovich, <laughs> Malkovich, I don't Malkovich, really remember Malkovich, Malkovich. Malkovich. That much. That's the one with um, Chris Cooper, who was another guy who's like the greatest actor of the late '90s, mm. um, and early 2000s. But he's a he's a guy who steals orchids, and it's mm. about. Is it uh is it Meryl Streep? Yeah. She's writing a book about him, but so we're also reading the story in the book that's also I, yeah, in real life at the same time. She's now. adapting his <laughs> real life story or something. I can't remember exactly the, the mechanics of it, but it's really good.
2: I just want him to make more futuristic sci-fi love stories. <laughs> yeah, I mean her is Is that so much to ask? Her, her is, maybe we do a
1: whole episode on yeah. her. Easy.
2: Cinematography, music, acting, it's got it all. Production design.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Her is definitely his best movie, but I would say I mean, being John Malkovich, Malkovich is a so very close yeah. <laughs> second. It's a great movie. Um, yeah, it involves a guy puppeteering John Malkovich's body around. So. Yeah,
2: I, I wish people made more movies like this. I agree. It's just like weird out there doesn't have to, like, well, I don't know.
1: And that's the thing is this is, I I you could almost say it's in the same vein as something like Wes Anderson, like what we just talked about, where it takes real people and puts them into a super strange yeah like unreal situation and that's what makes it so funny and compelling yeah um but yeah I love Being John Malkovich is a movie I could watch over and over again <laughs> I remember the first time I saw it being like this is so awesome like yeah. I cannot wait to understand the rules of what's happening like okay what happens when they get kicked out oh they get sh- they get thrown out of John Malkovich's head onto like a turnpike on the highway yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's a great movie.
2: Um, all right, so... 1999, 1999. part Two, <laughs> The Virgin Suicides, directed by our first female, Sofia Coppola. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we could have mentioned Ingmar... Wait, not Ag- Agnes Agnes Varda, Varda. yeah. But... I thought
1: about... Well, but her first movie's not her best, yeah. by any means. It's, it's okay. So it didn't My point the cut, is not
2: Agnes? <laughs>
1: Sorry, <laughs> anyway, I wanted to. Anyway,
2: Sofia Coppola, Virgin Suicides. I th- we talked about this last podcast right did we had we watched it? no i don't think then? we'd watched we it we will I think we'll be talking it about it, it is. right now we'll <laughs> yeah. be talking about it uh so if you haven't seen it it's based on a book right
1: yes a very good book
2: and is it called jeffrey, virgin Suicide? yeah by jeffrey yeah.
1: eugenides
2: so a group of male friends become obsessed with five mysterious sisters who are sheltered by, sheltered by their strict religious parents in suburban detroit in the mid 1970s so it stars kristen dunst um josh hartnett kathleen turner james woods uh and then r.i.p
1: yeah
2: <laughs> so...
1: <laughs> no, i wish He's um, such an asshole now
2: <laughs> yeah and so this is like the best teenage girl movie to wallow in your clearly doctor <laughs> yeah. you've never been a teenage girl yeah so um it's the whole story kicks off the youngest sister of the five commits suicide and then it kind and of she swirls. tries to she attempts yeah. first they try to like accommodate her and then it's like it sounds really depressing but it's kind of funny it's Not her death the obviously.
1: ending of i will say <laughs> i always kind of forget the ending of this movie is a real sucker punch yeah like because it is a very funny and super compelling movie throughout. And then by the time it gets to the end, you're like, Oh my God, it's awful. It's so awful.
2: It's a roller coaster of a movie. (laughs) You'll laugh, you'll cry.
1: (laughs) Well, again, this is another one that like defies categorization. Like it's very sad, but also very funny and very, it's a great period piece. Yeah. uh, It feels very 70s. Late 70s, right? Like 78 ish, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I adore this movie. It's one of my favorite movies for sure. Um, and it was one of the first ones I thought of for this list too. Um,
2: well, yeah, we hadn't watched it in so long, and then we watched it like a week or two ago, and I was like, oh, ugh, it's like, so good. Let me bump this up all on my right. ranking list. Let's <laughs> just go
1: back. Let's name some of the great things about this movie. All right, how about the score by yeah. French duo Air that they yeah, created the score a score is awesome. that is one of my favorite <laughs> scores of all time for sure. I think I, I think I, we actually talked about it in our scores episode. We might have. I don't remember yeah. now. Uh, I think we definitely did. Um, but, but also. The soundtrack is also really good. Like all yeah. the period songs by a lot of songs by like heart. Um, the soundtrack is really good. And now that I really want it after watching it again. I um, also love
2: all the acting
1: yeah it's great a ton of great performances the thing
2: i like the most about this like this was her first film and i think she really like it seems like she got to know every single person and she was there like a part of every like it looks like they're a real family mm-hmm. like they all act like they're a
1: family it's very natural and she
2: cares about these characters which comes across in her film
1: it feels very natural in the performances and then also it's a movie where like if you're not really closely paying attention, you won't notice the style of it because it's very invisible. Like it's super carefully crafted so that you're really invested in the characters Yeah. and the look and the period is super accurate and and well done. And all the coloring is done really well to match that. So it's it's a very Brown Brown and blues
2: and pink. I think.
1: Yeah. Um, Very hazy. (laughs) But even just like the way, I mean, she wrote this too. Uh, adapted it and it's the way it's uh the narrative structure of it too where we kind of move back and forth a little bit over time um works really really well and the fact and this this comes from the book too the fact that it's all told from the boys perspective of like putting together the pieces much later after what what happened (laughs) yeah and like trying to figure out and it it i think this movie captures really i think part of the reason it's so beloved by a lot of people is because it really captures well the like weirdness of being a teenager or preteen and like wondering like what's going on in the head of the opposite sex like and it's not just i don't and you can tell me if i'm wrong about this but i don't think this movie is solely focusing on like the boys view of the girls like i think it goes both ways
2: it's very female centric yeah it's more like the boys reacting to the girls and all of their issues like I don't know, but still leaving it mysterious enough that you don't really know what's going through their minds. Mm-hmm. So I guess you could be, you're in the boy's perspective yeah. of like what's unfolding.
1: Oh yeah. And it's narrated by Giovanni Rabisi. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. That's I, uh, Yeah. His okay, voice is Phoebe's so perfect. Phoebe's brother
2: and friends. Yeah. I had no idea.
1: Um,
2: but the best line that we keep uh, quoting. Yeah, we keep
1: quoting. It. It's so funny. There's so
2: many small, funny parts. Yeah. So there's this little neighborhood boy who jumps off uh, his roof
1: to c- uh, pronounce his love yeah for the, for and he this.
2: goes i love her i love her
1: <laughs> and it's from a distance yeah. so it's really quiet
2: <laughs> it's you just so see funny. him fall into his bushes proves,
1: <laughs> proves one of my favorite rules about movie making that when things are slightly farther away they're even yeah. funnier usually from a distance. yeah when you have that space
2: and james wood is such like a oh, he's doofus like, through all of yeah, this. Yeah, as much as
1: I hate him as a person, yeah. I love him in this movie. He's great in video games like too. He's like
2: talking to plants and stuff. Like, how are you today? He's like, so <laughs> out of it.
1: He's like a very quintessential. Like even before tragic stuff starts happening, he's a very goofball kind of out of it dad. And then when, when he's kind of he gets even more broken as the movie yeah. goes on.
2: And he um, goes on about like. Model airplanes for a way to diagrams, long. yeah,
1: <laughs> these are the rules of intersection, yeah and, yeah, um <laughs> Turner is uh. awesome,
2: so yeah, this whole movie, I really relate to it, like this is just how I felt in high school growing up, just being like stuck in a controlling mm-hmm. like environment, not being allowed to do what you want, and not really understanding why you can't do what you want or listen to your devil music or whatever.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> So, yeah,
1: I yeah, like when they start burning the records. The mom's and making her burn the records. It's like toxic like, pews. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's like, we'll finish <laughs> this. All right, it. we'll just
1: throw them in the trash.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but going on from this, so. Wait I don't a minute. Wait here. a minute. Okay.
1: You didn't mention our favorite actor what? that showed up in it. Who? Mr. Hayden Christensen. Oh my god! <laughs> you, you tweeted about it when we were yeah. watching. Yeah, I t- always forget. Hayden Christian is one of the teens that takes the girls out. Yeah. At prom.
2: The only way they can take them to homecoming is in a group date. Yeah. And he's, so he he's like, like the And It like rounds up the fellas. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyways, go on.
2: Uh, so going on to the rest of her directorial <sighs> blah blah blah. Um. So yeah, I was gonna say I have a love hate relationship.
1: Yeah. Because Merchant
2: Suicides amazing lost in translation
1: arguably even better uh,
2: crazy and yeah. amazing <laughs> one of
1: my all-time favorite movies
2: then like i saw maria twinette and i was like yeah we never saw somewhere bling ring i was like oh my god what is this
1: <laughs> bling ring is garbage i hate that movie i
2: didn't know she did a very Murray christmas
1: yeah which again, was also garbage, garbage. garbage.
2: Was and terrible. then the beguiled i feel it's indifferent okay, i
1: guess yeah so yeah it's really disappointing because i think her first two movies you're like after Virgin Sith, I are like, well, she can't top that. Yeah. And then Lost in like, oh, Translation is definitely, I, I would say it's better. I, I, Lost in Translation is, uh, I've said masterpiece way too much. Yeah, this, it's a But it's so stuff. good. <laughs> that's a, that's one of the movies on the short list of movies that if you just put the DVD in on, I'm like, oh, well, I guess that's what we're doing today. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, ever since then, her stuff has just been really lackluster to me. The lackluster yeah. at best. <laughs>
2: And I don't really understand why
1: yeah I don't really know what happened I
2: know people do like Marie Antoinette but when I saw it I kind of just felt like oh it's just Kristen Stewart would like
1: not Kristen Stewart Kristen, Kristen Dunst Dance.
2: with like pop music over her being Marie Antoinette yeah I haven't <laughs> she seen like, it could work I guess but I didn't feel like there was much there
1: yeah I haven't seen that one and I somewhere i'd be willing to give a shot
2: yeah i'd be willing to watch somewhere because it seems like the the story seems interesting enough to what we would watch
1: agreed although i i'll always i was excited about the movie until i remember vividly reading a review of it that was like this movie is literally like watching paint dry because you literally (laughs) watch paint dry in a scene
2: (laughs) yeah but we also like watch somebody eat a pie and ghost story for like nine minutes yeah slow (laughs) slow
1: burn is not a not a disqualifier for us but yeah i just remember reading that and being like oh that sounds i'm
2: watch somewhere but then like bling ring i remember being really excited for bling ring because it had like a great trailer again like it seemed fun Uh, and like what's her name uh i can't remember um, her name emma watson yeah i was like i love emma watson she's so good and stuff she does um that was didn't that's a
1: movie that belongs on a list with um place beyond the pines that (laughs) movies that i was like
2: that's gonna be our next yeah movies that made me
1: yeah seriously (laughs) movies that made me really angry after we saw them when i walked out of blinging i was like i hated that yeah i hated all the characters i didn't understand why if i was supposed to like them and if i wasn't why the hell did i just sit through this like it was so unlikable Um, i don't
2: know and then merry christmas like you made bill i was another one we were like oh this
1: sounds great on christmas eve (laughs) with the family we can watch a sophia coppola directed (laughs) special with bill murray doing musical segments with a bunch of his celebrity friends like this sounds awesome and it was the most boring thing i've ever watched it was terrible
2: and then beguiled that's the most recent one
1: yeah and it's, it was okay it was that was well, the movie. a
2: remake, yeah, and we never saw the original that's a movie
1: that I didn't understand why it existed. I don't get what it what the point of remaking the beguiled was, yeah,
2: I guess I do like that she at least focuses on female characters, Yeah. It, I mean beguiled has its moments, yeah. and it's good cast, yeah, and like that's another one. The cast was crazy is like Colin Farrell, Nicole Kimming, Kristen Dunst, Sally mm-hmm. Fanning, just like everybody and whoever. But I guess maybe just we didn't like the story. <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I hope she kind of gets a chance to have her. And and this is tall to say, I mean, both of us agree that a lot of those movies are not good. But that isn't to say that those movies don't have their fans. Like, yeah, I know a good friend of mine really, really loves Marie Antoinette and Bling Ring. Like, yeah, I don't quite understand it. But like, you know, there are people that like those movies. But I would love to see her return to Virgin Suicide's Lost in Translation Land and do something in yeah. that style again. So
2: she has a movie coming out called On the Rocks, and it's going to be about a young mother who reconnects with her larger than life playboy father on an adventure through New York. Hmm. Rashida Jones, Jessica Henwick, Bill Murray. Did you
1: know Rashida Jones is black? (laughs)
2: Did you see that the other day? I saw that trending so on Twitter. was so bizarre. It's like,
1: God. Like, ugh, am I not supposed to like her now?
2: Oh, and Jenny Slate. I'm a, oh, that's, I'm oh
1: Jenny Slate is a perfect fit for yeah. uh, Sophie, a Sofia Coppola movie. That Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of we'll excited. We'll see what Cautiously happens. excited about that, yeah. I guess. I didn't even know. What is it called again?
2: On the Rocks. On the Rocks, okay. I Who knows if it's going to come out this year? Yeah. Probably not. So, hmm. yeah, Sophia Coppola, it's like... I loved the her first two movies so much. I will probably always give her movies a chance. Yeah, I agree. I agree with and that. And I'm not going to say like she's a bad director cuz like how many other directors do we have? They have some crappy movies. It's just she's like had a bad run,
1: I guess. Yeah, and this is maybe one of those things that maybe we're a little guilty of it too that uh one of the reasons why it's hard for us to point to female directors is because this is what happens with a lot of female yeah. directors they make one movie that people don't like and then they never yeah. get a chance to make another great movie.
2: Exactly. Uh,
1: they don't get as many chances for redos as male directors tend to. Nope. So, um, yeah. So like you said, I'm seeing anything she puts out. Yeah. I will try to, um, just cause yeah, I mean, she's made two of my favorite movies. So mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Um, so finally we're moving on <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> out, out of, of- 1999 re- past Y2K. Finally, <laughs> So our next movie came out in 2014. I guess we skipped like 15
1: years. We <laughs> skipped 5 years, honey. <laughs> Boy, your
2: 1999 math 1999 to
1: 2014. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was t- 2004. Yes, 2014, you're 15 right. 15 years. Movies. So my I know math, math. <laughs> My math has gone downhill due to the quarantine, you're right.
2: Uh, so <laughs> I was a little on the fence about adding this, but we're going to talk about Nightcrawler came out in 2014, directed by Dan Gilroy.
1: I was not on the fence about adding this.
2: I'll tell you why <laughs> I was on the fence after I read yeah, the okay, synopsis. okay, what's the synopsis? <laughs> so, Lewis Bloom, a con man desperate for work, muscles into the world of LA crime journalism. He blurs the line between observer and participant to become the star of his own story. So... It was written and directed by Dan Gilroy. Mm -hmm. And the only reason why I was on the fence, I think this movie is amazing and I love it so much, but the two movies he's made since then, I have not liked that much.
1: Okay, but we just said the same thing about Sofia Coppola.
2: I know, but she's had more movies, I guess.
1: She's had like six movies and two of them are good. The other four are great. (laughs) He's done three and one is amazing and two are okay.
2: Well... One's okay and one is crap.
1: <laughs> Wait, which one's crap? Velvet Buzzsaw. I didn't think Velvet Buzzsaw was crap. I liked it, but it's you, crap. You didn't like. <laughs> you didn't like Velvet <laughs> Buzzsaw. You liked Roman J. Israel better than yeah. Buzz. Really? Yeah. Huh. I like them probably e- equal. I guess. I think they're both. I don't okay, remember but not being
2: great. so disappointed in a movie more than Velvet Buzzsaw in the I mean, last that's true. five it, years.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, we had very high expectations. Yeah, that's fair.
2: But anyway, Night nightcrawler. Crawler.
1: Not like the last time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so you got Jake Gyllenhaal being amazing. Welcome to the future, yeah. bruh. Well, Bill Paxton. I know. That's not his. Life. I, know.
1: I just wanted to say it.
2: Rene Russo. I wait. Yeah. Uh, He's
1: married. Uh, Dan Geller is married to Rene Russo, right?
2: Uh, I, didn't I know want that. to say
1: that because she's in all of his movies. Since... I
2: just watched uh, another René Rousseau movie. Awesome. <laughs> she I feel like this is Outbreak. the Outbreak.
1: Yeah, I feel like this is the first movie I've seen her in. And now I'm a huge fan. I think she's amazing. Well,
2: I think this was kind of like a comeback for her, too. Because yeah, she definitely. hadn't really been in anything on a while
1: before this. Yeah, I think you're right.
2: Yeah, well, I guess she, she's in Thor, too. Oh, right. Yeah. in The Mom. Yeah, she's in
1: Endgame that we just watched. That's right. But I
2: guess before that, she kind of had like a 10-year break or whatever.
1: Yeah. I don't think I had seen her in anything before this. I don't think, but I could be wrong.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Um,
1: but yeah, anyway, she's all awesome. She's fantastic.
2: I'm trying to remember if Jake Gyllenhaal was, this was kind of like a change for him too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I because definitely before to this he was that. doing like what end of watch, like action
1: End of watch Prince of Persia. That, I mean, I'm I mean, granted he had been in stuff like, um, uh, uh, oh man one of my boys. brokeback
2: mountain brokeback mountain was, was definitely yeah. those were
1: like some of his big an enemy too um but this was certainly this is the first time i thought of jake Gyllenhaal as like one of my favorite actors yeah and it is an,
2: oh yeah because he was doing like source code love and other drugs prince of persia just I mean, like, zodiac
1: was before this
2: oh yeah zodiac was like all right he's back zodiac is really good
1: <laughs> but I don't think Zodiac is just a great movie. I don't think I pinpointed Jake Gyllenhaal Hall as like one of the reasons for the success. This Nightcrawler 100% hinges on Jake Dunne Hall's yeah, performance. performance. And his character is so compelling and it is the greatest crime in modern Oscar history that he did not get he did not Who win. Did he didn't win he didn't year. even get nominated. Oh, that's yeah. Isn't that insane?
2: Wasn't 2014 a crazy year though?
1: It was a great year. Yeah, there was I want to was that Interstellar too and um
2: Probably Her, wasn't that Her? Might
1: have been, yeah. It might have been the same year. Yeah, 2014, there was a lot of really good movies, for sure. But Nightcrawler was my top movie for 2014, yeah. without a doubt. Um,
2: they just weren't ready to be in the future.
1: Well. <laughs> <laughs> my, To me, my favorite, my take on Nightcrawler that I've always kind of stick with is that it's a movie, it's super relevant because it's a movie about a guy who basically read, uh, article, how to articles and YouTube videos yeah. on how to like get a job, <laughs> how to make money easy and it takes it super seriously to the point where he becomes like a maniac, yeah. like, uh, like well, borderline a of murderer, before, but yeah. Well, yeah, he certainly got <laughs> mental problems before, <laughs> but, um, but that's the point is, I mean, this is, he's yeah. like, he's like the prototype for like how somebody, how a, somebody in in their early 20s is going to look for a job now Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) like and it's and how scary that is
2: i make my own resume
1: (laughs) i mean like on the surface it's definitely a movie about like the media how the media like glorifies violence to get ratings but that's to me that's just the backdrop
2: this movie also is another good one that crushed genres because it also has like a crazy action sequence and like Multiple car chases, yeah. Car chases are great. Like, in this movie. Who knew the car chase scenes were well, gonna come out of this? What had, um, so
1: Dan Gilroy before this, he was mostly an editor, right?
2: Uh, I think a writer, he's a writer,
1: okay. Uh, oh, his brother is, I think it's his brother that's the editor who edits all of his movies mm. still, I think.
2: So, yeah, Dan Gilroy oh, wrote, right. yeah, like
1: real the Steel. King Kong
2: movie born legacy real steel the fall is that the one we saw
1: that's the um
2: yeah lee pace movie. yeah tarsim
1: singh movie yeah
2: yeah and um, then he's written velvet buzzsaw and roman j israel esquire right
1: this so this to me Nightcrawler belongs on this list because it could arguably be put on our kind of runner-up list that we're going to talk about in a minute yeah. about movies that are too new to be included but to me i Nightcrawler is a movie that if you're watching it it's unbelievable that this is his first movie. Yeah, It's so, so Also, good. to get
2: such a big name cast, and I'm guessing a big budget to do the stunts and stuff.
1: Sure, yeah. Bill oh, wow. Paxton. It's his twin brother.
2: <laughs> That's creepy.
1: Oh, wait. T- Tony Gilroy is screenwriter. Yeah, we know Tony Gilroy. And then his fraternal brother, John Gilroy, is an editor. Wow, what a weird, what a crazy family.
2: Gilroy family. <laughs> um,
1: and he is married to Rene Russo, by the hmm. way. Um, has been for a long time. But uh, yeah. I mean, Nightcrawl is a movie. It's got. I mean, a lot of people talk about it, that. It has the, the the way it portrays L. A. is this like just very weird. Yeah. Like it almost all, all his films have been all in L. A. Right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's definitely he's got like this really interesting L. A. Look for all of his movies. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, his second two movies have been maybe disappointing or a little strange. Like Velvet Buzzsaw is a movie that had a ton of potential to. Be like Nightcrawler. I think that's yeah, why we were kind of disappointed.
2: Again, I was like, ugh. He was
1: not good in it either, no. unfortunately. <laughs> uh, well, he's okay, I guess. But um Velvet Buzzsaw has some great moments, but it, it's just kind of a mess. Yeah. Roman J. Israel, Esquire. Yeah. Um, that's a weird movie. It definitely got overlooked by a lot of people because I think it's pretty good, actually. I think it's a really interesting movie. It's just a movie that um, it's not nearly as like fun or as exciting. Yeah, it's as hard to is. come off
2: of Nightcrawler and then going into this, and I think. Roman J Israel is such a different type of movie. It's a different pace, but I also thought like Denzel Washington was great in it.
1: My favorite Denzel Washington movie, I think, which is, even it's just a different
2: like, it steps out of the realm of Nightcrawler. It's
1: a very social commentary. It's a social commentary kind of movie because he's a he's a defense attorney and he's yeah, Um, but yeah, it's a good movie. But yeah, his two movies since then have not quite hit the same level that Nightcrawler did, but. Um, I, I still think they're So good. he's
2: on my maybe list.
1: <laughs> Nightcrawler's a masterpiece. Yeah. Any movie that is my favorite movie of the year deserves to be on this list, I yeah. think. I guess. <laughs> it's my number one of the year, for sure. Beat <laughs> out 70 or 80 other movies. Yeah,
2: we'll see if he's a one-hit wonder yeah. in the next 20 years.
1: <laughs> so... Our last one on our list is somebody who's directed even less.
2: Yeah, but... But it's
1: a movie that you
2: couldn't possibly not include on this list. (laughs) So 2017 Get Out by Jordan Peele. He wrote and directed.
1: So tell us what Get Out is about real fast for any crazy person who's never seen Yeah, it.
2: If you've been under a rock, then it's about a young African-American visits his white girlfriend's parents for the weekend where his simmering uneasiness about the reception of him eventually reaches a boiling point, which basically tells you nothing about the film
1: <laughs> because a bit, yeah.
2: it's a horror, mystery, thriller, movie. Um, Slash comedy. Yeah. There's comedic moments. Uh, basically white upper class family may or may not be doing something weird with black people, <laughs> an entire community.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. So. Okay. So there's a lot of reasons why we can point to this as being <laughs> crazy important. Yeah. So first of all, let's just say, get it out of the way that get out is like a major cultural phenomenon. Definitely. Right? Like, I mean, it totally broke. I don't know if it broke box office records, but it was a huge success critically and popularly if that's a word. I think it um,
2: might have broken like horror run time. Maybe it meant or R-rated something.
1: movies. Or, yeah. Um, but I mean, it's just been a movie that you can't talk about horror movies for the last yeah. 10 years and not this talk about it. This was also
2: that. a huge word of mouth movie. Yes. Like, because we saw the trailer, we're like, Jordan Peele, like is this a comedy? Like, mm-hmm. what the hell is this? I remember seeing <laughs> that.
1: it was. It's really funny. I remember seeing the trailer around the same time. Do you remember there was that movie? I don't remember what it's called now, but it was like a black comedy about like a black family living in a haunted house, yeah. And it was like a parody kind of of not like a spoof movie, but like a parody movie of like a paranormal activity, but with a black yeah, family. I remember, I remember that. I remember seeing the trailer for that kind of around the same time we saw Get Out, and I was like, Oh, yeah, it's, it's just those two kind of like African American comedy movies. Like, I didn't know what to think of the trailer because it's like, Is this supposed to be a horror movie or yeah. is it supposed to be just like a straight parody? like a joke like
2: yeah because Jordan Peele like their tv show yeah. it's all about at comedy. the time all yeah. we knew Jordan Peele was was from Key and
1: Peele where, and yeah. it's funny because in particular he tends to play like the goofball yeah he's less of the straight man usually in their their <laughs> ske- uh, sketches and stuff um yeah if you told me a year before Get Out if you told me in 2016 that Jordan Peele of be Key be and Oscar Peele
2: nominated. would not only be Oscar <laughs> but be like
1: the preeminent horror director yeah. of of this decade like, I would have said you were insane. Like, yeah. who even knew he had any kind of <laughs> proclivity for horror?
2: Well, we d- in his skits, we knew all their Halloween sketches were awesome. That's
1: true. That's very true. I'll have what I'm having. Yeah, I'll like, have what I'm having.
2: But, sir, you've been here. The
1: whole time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. And, and then, obviously, um, I mean, just this Ed, the movie was crazy topical. I mean, it could not have come out at a more yeah time for that movie to come out i
2: think watching this movie in the future is going to be a totally different experience from watching it i
1: think it's a lot like watching night of the living dead now, yeah
2: because like if you haven't seen at the end of the movie it's actually a lot like night of the living dead's end Mm -hmm. of the movie um like a cop car pulls up and you have a black guy and a like bloody white woman and a cop car pulls up, like, what? Oh, what do you think do you is not, about to happen? Do you not remember
1: just like the air being sucked out of the moment? I know, everyone's like, oh no. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. You know exactly what's going to happen. You're and coming off
2: Maybe of all it doesn't. These, maybe it doesn't yeah. happen. I won't um, spoil what happens, but just like the c- reaction. After you've seen
1: the movie, there's lots of interesting talk about Jordan Peele deciding which way that ending was going to yeah. go. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, even not just the ending, although that's the most important part, arguably, but like just the whole movie, the fact that it is not, it's not just, um, it's a movie that doesn't like, I remember going into it thinking, okay, this is going to be a movie about the white people are just like killing the black people or or mind controlling the black people. (laughs) They're using the black people for their own ends. But the fact that without spoiling it too much, it's not that they hate the black people. It's that they're jealous of them is so much better and more fascinating and like is a really accurate portrayal of a really complicated issue
2: of cultural appropriation yes
1: (laughs) uh i would have voted for obama third time if i could
2: it also (laughs) perfectly sums up white people it really does (laughs) Um,
1: yeah there's nothing funnier than making fun of white people yeah you you can't can't get brown out um but yeah and uh So and like we said, you know, like Nightcrawler, the two movies he did after that were like, "Eh, yeah. but um, us is it's more controversial. I think Get Out is kind of universally loved by horror people and and everybody, really. But us is a lot more controversial. There are a lot of people who don't like it, but uh, I think we're both people who really like it a lot. Definitely. I might even like it more than Get Out.
2: Us has one of the best horror themes I've ever heard in like the last 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think with Us, people were probably like, oh, I'll be just like Get Out, but it's like, no, he's been doing other crap too, like Twilight Uh Zone stuff, and he wants to do a different horror movie. I
1: think Us is a much... Something that you
2: don't expect. Yeah. (laughs) I think
1: Us is a much less focused movie, but it's a way more interesting movie stylistically than Get Out. But. And
2: Lupita was robbed. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. Yeah, no kidding. I think we've talked about that. Justice for Lupita. Get Out. I mean, you can't deny the importance of Get Out. It's easily going to be a movie, I I would say, of probably the first 25 years of this this millennium that people are going to look back at and say, like, that is one of the most important movies Defined a huge change in movies. And, And, you know, I mean, this is one of the lesser important things about why Get Out is important, but it also has played a huge role in horror being taken seriously definitely i think it's i think it's the start of uh us seeing horror nominations at the oscars uh that's something that has continued i think that when when something horror nominated last year the last two years too
2: Mm, i I feel like i should have been yeah definitely
1: i feel like there have been some other horror movies since then but i mean certainly to have get, get out one best screenwriter i mean screenplay Pretty sure. Um, but it was nominated for a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's certainly the beginning of like, oh, I mean this year, this last year, like the lighthouse got nominated for something at least. Cinematography. Yeah. But anyways, point being it's, it's the beginning, I think again, of, uh, movies like Rosemary's Baby or the Wicker Man or, you know, kind of critically acclaimed horror movies kind of making a return, which is really exciting. It's certainly like the beginning of that trend, which is really cool.
2: And for something to be done so well, like all these horror, well, his two horror movies have like, they just look awesome too. Yeah.
1: they're and Like
2: the lighting is great. The cinematography is great. The music's great. It's just like every aspect of the
1: movie is great. Get Out was <laughs> exciting because we didn't, we weren't all that excited about it before it came out. And then we started hearing people talk about it yeah. and we're like, oh my God, this, everybody's saying this is like a masterpiece. So that was exciting going into it. From that. And then with us, we were like going, I was so excited because I had no idea what to expect.
2: Yeah. And both of his movies, the trailers don't give away like mm-hmm. anything. That's true. He's so really You do get really to go in that. not knowing much. And now. And not having crap spoiled. <laughs>
1: he's. Jordan Peele is really interesting because now, in addition to his directorial stuff which is great he he's also producing stuff. a lot of stuff so <laughs> we've talked about i think that we're really excited about his Candyman. i mean he it's not his Candyman. he's
2: not harper <laughs> i didn't
1: mean i didn't mean to say that i meant the he's producing Candyman, so that adds a certain interest to By it
2: nia da costa
1: yeah um <laughs> what else? he's either producing something or already did produce something that we liked right well
2: he produced like the twilight zone lovecraft country um i thought
1: there was something we really liked already that he did he Help produce Black Klansmen. Oh, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, yeah. That's that was a really cool combination to have Jordan Peele in line with uh Spike Lee.
2: I'm just glad we get a different perspective. Yeah, from like a black director in his horror movie. Uh, yeah, taste, not just like another white dude. Yeah, sadly, <laughs> this
1: is our only person of color on the yeah. list, right?
2: Only because all our Spanish directors. <laughs> They didn't like their first movies. Yeah, that's true. We checked out like
1: <laughs> Alfonso Cuarón and the uh, Little Princess
2: know. is still good. Well, no,
1: Guillermo del Toro's what is his first one? Cronos. That's a good one. I
2: never saw that one, so I didn't add. Yeah, we it.
1: should. I didn't think about that, but that that could have arguably been a good one to put on this yeah. list. It's not his best movie, but it's a it's a it's like Tim Burton. It's like Pee Big Adventure or Bottle Rocket that you totally can tell it's a Guillermo del Toro movie right off yeah. the bat.
2: Um. um Yeah, I think Kronos was his first. Yeah. The other stuff was shorts or TV shows. So
1: real quick before we do these possible future additions to the list, did you have any runners-up you wanted to just throw out, ones you wanted to be on the list that we didn't get to be?
2: I think it's our honorable mentions.
1: Okay. The only one I wanted to throw – well, the only one I really wanted on the list that we didn't get to was um, Return of the Living Dead. Um, Hmm. And I can't remember why we ended up taking it off, but maybe we had too many horror movies already. But
2: yeah, I think Dan O'Bannon's –
1: First, he'd written some really important, I mean, he wrote Alien, but, um, yeah, and then directed Return of Link which is one of my all-time favorites. But um.
2: Yeah, so some of the extra ones that I thought, but we decided not to because they had only had, like, one film or something, mm-hmm. so we don't really have too much to base it off of. Uh, the farewell by Lulu Wang. Yep, would have been another female director.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a great. great I think movie. we've talked
2: about this movie a lot, and I think it's on Prime. So go watch it and tell yeah. us what you think. <laughs> it's
1: an excellent, excellent movie. Also, I can't wait she to see had she horror
2: influences the way she shot her movies. Yeah,
1: which is funny. That was really cool. Yeah, yeah. and she, what's she's doing? What a miniseries with Nicole Kenman next? I think.
2: Yeah, so I, I, saw I read the something tweet about that. About it. It sounded really remember. cool. I don't remember what it's about now. Um, and then let's see, yeah, these Lulu are, Wang.
1: these are, these, I think we have five, maybe our movies that like, it's too soon to tell, but that I, I would suspect in 10 years or so, these might get added to this list.
2: Yeah. Um, and then also another, lots of female directors, mm-hmm. uh, another female director. Um, oh God, I just forgot her name. Greta Gerwig. <laughs> yeah. Greta Gerwig <laughs> with Lady Bird. I mm-hmm. feel like when I saw Lady Bird, I feel like I need to rewatch it.
1: I would love to watch that movie again.
2: I remember liking it a lot, and then I think it just got overshadowed by some other movies that year. Yeah, so it was It was still in my top ten, but I don't remember where it ranked really. But I think she'll be a lot like Sofia Coppola, kind I, of I female-centric stories. And ho- hopefully,
1: beyond her first two movies, will be good. <laughs> Little yeah. Women was good too. I, I think Lady good. Yeah, better. we never.
2: I never read Little Women, so i thought it was good but yeah. like i had nothing to compare i know like, a
1: lot of people who people were upset about it but yeah. yeah i <laughs> i like it but i i thought ladybird was much better
2: also shout out to like greta gerwig for being in house of the devil hell yeah <laughs>
1: she could be the kid from
2: hell yeah <laughs> um oh apparently she's doing barbie next who Greta Gerwig? Barbie. A doll living in Barbie land is expelled for not being perfect enough and sets off an adventure <laughs> in the real world. Weird. A live action feature film based on the popular line of Barbie toys. Weird. <laughs> that would be interesting. Is Tyra. Oh, Margot Roby. Produced, Margo by, produced uh. by Mattel. Yeah, she is Barbie. But Tyra Banks better make an appearance.
1: <laughs> <As> Black Barbie?
2: <laughs> no, she she did the last like living Barbie thing. Really? Yeah, what's it called? They made a
1: Barbie movie that she was in? I don't I think it's that. called Barbie
2: movie, but... It's like a knockoff of a Barbie doll coming weird. to life. I did not know that. <laughs> Man, I have never yelled at a girl like this. <laughs> oh, life size.
1: Duh. I've never heard of that. You never heard of life size?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think it was like a Disney movie. Maybe
1: Kendall had a life size Barbie. It was very creepy yeah. and it was naked most of the time. <laughs> it's just very weird. looking. <laughs> um, yeah.
2: Um, I'm trying to think. Well, you do too. For okay.
1: Yours. Uh, Oh, how about this one? I, I think I originally had on my list and we decided to wait on it was Hereditary. Yeah. Which was one that like I wanted to have on there because that's someone like uh, Nightcrawler that it's like, oh my God, this is his first movie. Yeah. Because it's so good. And that was a movie where like I've seen a million trailers that are like, this is the new scariest movie yeah. ever made. And this is the only time they've ever been right about that. Yeah. Although it, I think they did the same thing for Ant Files and I would maybe agree with that, but Hereditary is really, really scary. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um.
1: But yeah, I I love that movie. And Midsummer's really good too. So, you know, I think he's on, Ari Aster's on track to being, you know, added to the list potentially. Definitely. Um. Another one we had on another horror one was The Witch, Robert Eggers. <sighs> I
2: really wanted to put him on it, but again, he's only done... Two films mm-hmm. but the witch and the lighthouse good. lighthouse i love the witch i love the witch i don't know if it like appeals to many people though so it's yeah it's more of like a horror director's debut that horror fans will like
1: true <laughs> i don't know but if everybody would i don't like know it. that all of his <laughs> movies are going to be horror movies i don't know well, his next is one's going to be a viking a story mm-hmm. but i think it's going to be Although,
2: dark and creepy and
1: i know his dream project is remaking nosferatu which is interesting
2: I think his movies have a horror tendency. Oh, definitely. Yeah. um, Whether or not they're straight horror. But even Lighthouse has like mer people in it. Yeah. But um, you would never. (laughs) Monsters. The The Witch
1: is a movie that never should have worked. Like a movie using like actual dialogue from like people's journals and like pilgrim yeah Pilgr- i Pilgr- don't know
2: contested. if that's gonna hurt or help his career <laughs> yeah all, if,
1: uh, we'll see if he sticks with that because yeah. i mean that's part of what makes his movie so interesting like, is the um, like very authentic weird yeah, dialogue.
2: vikings didn't have cameras so what type well, of camera okay. are you gonna use
1: <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> For the... come on
2: now <laughs> <laughs> that's funny
1: <laughs> uh, yeah we definitely thought about those but him and robert Eggers and ari aster both are like the two horror darlings yeah. right now and but he's like only historic horror <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> if that is a genre <laughs> yeah
1: i think we had one other one on this list
2: eighth grade
1: yeah which yeah uh boat burnham youtube sensation yeah. Bo Burnham. <laughs> who would have thought
2: but i think the the girl really carries this
1: i agree but i also think it's a really i mean my favorite thing my the funniest bits of that movie don't necessarily involve her like not to take yeah, her out he of the equation he does have a
2: really good comedic approach to his whole his
1: pacing and timing and oh this is the same thing his pacing and (laughs) just the sense of putting everything together the the whole pool scene is like the most the bobo has a perfect uh idea of what it was like to be a middle school
2: well (laughs) he also used real middle schoolers yeah and like it sounds creepy but hung out with middle schoolers (laughs) to make sure like he got it right
1: (laughs) eighth grade is a really 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 good movie Um, and I, I don't think he's done anything since then, no. but I'd be, it'll be interesting to see if that carries over to a, a bigger career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that eighth grade has necessarily had like a, a an impact, like the movies yeah. that did make it's our list have. It's just a really good first movie.
2: Probably impact on middle schoolers. Perhaps. <laughs> Specifically eighth graders. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so is that our, is that our list? Is that I it? I think
2: that's our list. Should I run through it real quick again? Do it. Okay. So Breathless. Should I do the director? Yeah, just the (laughs) name. Okay. Breathless, Night of the Living Dead, Eraserhead, Evil Dead, Blood Simple, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Bottle Rocket, American Beauty, Being John Malkovich, Virgin Suicides, Nightcrawler, and Get Out.
1: So if you're thinking about making your first movie, there's there's yeah. your homework. Watch those Watch and then those, take make notes. a movie that's just like all twelve of those movies, so all now, wrapped in one. Yeah, <laughs> night uh, Nightcrawler of the living, evil dead.
2: Yeah, a lot of our movies have dead in it. It's
1: true, <laughs> or night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, So yeah, so now we'll uh, we'll get into our very different mini, mini segment. segment. All right, so our debate is going to be about a little thing we like to call, <laughs> I can't believe you haven't seen Plank. Blank. <laughs> so the idea here is that uh, me and Michelle always have these kind of running lists in our heads of movies that I can't believe you've never seen and vice versa.
2: Most of which are 90s Classics in your case, <laughs> yeah, disaster classics. I don't know.
1: <laughs> so, we have been going back and forth on deciding how we could do this on the podcast in an interesting way. And what we decided is that we are doing a little debate where we each try to convince the other person that this is why you need to watch this movie, yeah. such and such. And then, um, what we'll do is after we do the debate, we'll put up a poll after this episode comes out on Twitter. And all you thousands of listeners out there, <laughs> we'll leave it up to you. And whichever one you pick, we will watch it's and talk about together, by the next uh, the next <laughs> monthly catch up podcast. Yeah. So um,
2: we'll probably end up watching both, but probably not because mine's going to win. Oh uh, yeah, we'll see about
1: that. <laughs> so um, the way I think, and tell me if I'm wrong with this. Here's what I think the format how we're doing it. We each have 60 seconds to pitch our case first. So, for example, you might you pitch. Uh, we'll we'll let you go first. So you'll give you sixty seconds to say why we should watch
2: *The Fugitive*,
1: and then I'll give sixty seconds on why I think we should watch *Shadow of a Doubt*. And then we each get thirty seconds, one minute to rebut.
2: Maybe I don't know. I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll we'll play that part by. Right but here. we also we're gonna explain the movie and who's in it before.
1: Yeah, so before yeah. that 60-second timer such, we'll at least say... We'll do the synopsis ...what the movie's called, stuff, who directed yeah. it, blah, blah, blah. All right, I'll so... I'll take
2: out my flair, so I don't sway anybody yet. <laughs> Your flair, okay. Yeah. Oh, God, oh,
1: God. <laughs> it begins. So, nah, it's the April, the April Fool's episode all over again. All right, Um I'm make
2: Harley <laughs> an account so she votes for uh-huh. The Fugitive.
1: <laughs> okay, so... Um, all right, so why don't you go first, and you tell us about... Give me... The synopsis and stuff, and then let me know when you're ready to start the timer.
2: Okay, so my pick is The Fugitive. Fugitive. <laughs> um, it is about Doctor Richard Kimball escapes from the law and attempt to track down his wife's true killer and clear his name. Pursuing him is a team of U.S. marshals determined to not rest until Richard Kimball is apprehended. The fugitive leads a de- the fugitive leads the detectives through a series of chases until the killer is exposed. It stars Harrison Ford as Dr. Richard Kimball, who is wrongfully convicted of his wife's murder. Uh-uh, not, no, uh... <laughs> and the dashing oh, come
1: on, Can't do that. Tommy
2: Lee Jones <laughs> as, as Deputy Marshal Samuel Gerard, who lead, leads the ragtag team of U.S. Marshals on a manhunt.
1: Okay. Uh, and I will confirm. I have never seen The Fugitive. Believe it or not, I
2: can't believe you I've haven't seen, seen
1: The Fugitive. <laughs> I've seen clips, and I will say, I do love in uh, The Simpsons when they make fun when they parody it. is one of my favorite yeah. jokes in The Simpsons. Oh, I
2: also forgot. It came out in 1993, so a '90s okay. classic, and it's directed by Andrew Davis.
1: All right, so my movie that I'm pitching is Shadow of a Doubt uh, from 1943. It's directed by. A uh, little director named Alfred Hitchcock
2: Who? <laughs> um,
1: it, <What>? stars, <laughs> it stars uh, a bunch of folks But the main ones we would probably know Are Teresa Wright and Joseph Cotton um, And it is According to IMDb This is what it is about A young woman discovers her visiting uncle May not be the man he seems to be But there's a lot more to it than that, that I'll, yeah. I'll get into it in my argument <laughs> uh, Can you confirm that you have never seen this movie?
2: I'm pretty sure I haven't. <sighs> I don't even know who this Mr. Hitchcock is. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. So, are you ready to give your 60 seconds of argument? Okay. I'll give you. I'll give you like a 10. I'm seconds. gonna
2: be speaking really fast because I have a lot to say.
1: Oh yeah, I saw your notes. It's <laughs> a lot. It's gonna be. I'm gonna have to slow this down so everybody can understand. Yeah. Okay. You ready? Yes. All right, and. Go.
2: Okay, this movie is awesome because this Oscar-winning film is the best of the best 19s, <laughs> the 90s action crime dramas. It was nominated for Best Picture, Best Sound, Best Effects, Best Sound Effects, Best Music, Best Original Score, Best Film Editing. It stars Harrison Ford with a beard without a beard on the hunt for a one-armed <laughs> man. He runs, he gets dirty, he does it all while looking good, and you get the best of the 90s cop jargon, who is spoken too quickly by uh, Oscar winner Tommy Lee Jones for his supporting role, and he's assertive at times because the audience isn't here for that. They're here for the solve a mystery with Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. You also get some of the best one-liners like, I don't care. You get a bus crash, a train derailment, a damn jumping, a running through the woods. The action never stops, and neither will your enjoyment as we watch The Fugitive and a the tagline a murdered wife a one arm um, a one-armed man an obsessive detective the chase begins
1: three two <laughs> one
2: <laughs> so yeah that's awesome wow
1: i can't believe you got all that in
2: <laughs> i don't know if anyone understands it but well, i hope i don't have to say
1: mine that fast but we'll see i hope i don't run out of time
2: yeah i don't have the timer in front of me
1: Uh, All right. You want to need to catch your breath for a second there? I'm like... (laughs) I did did like when you said Harrison Ford with a beard, Harrison Ford without a beard. I know. Pretty good. All right. Mine's going to be a lot less funny. (laughs) Uh, Reset the timer. Okay. Here we go. Shabba Doubt is about a young woman who begins to suspect that her visiting uncle may be a notorious serial killer. Like if you were Ted Cruz's niece and you just watched David Fincher's Mm. Zodiac and you're starting to put the pieces together. Hitchcock made this in the height of his thriller phase, just after *Suspicion* and *Saboteur*, and just before *Spellbound* and *Notorious*. It stars Teresa Wright as Charlie, one of the leads from *The Best Years of Our Lives*, and Joseph Cotton, who starred in *Citizen Kane* and *The Third Man*. They are super compelling as as the young Charlie comes coming to, young Charlie coming to terms with the <laughs> fact that the uncle she adores and is even named after might be a killer of women. Charlie is arguably Hitchcock's strongest female protagonist, a young woman who proves more than a match for her elder male counterpart. There's also a nice through line with the whole family being obsessed with true crime stories. Interestingly, this is Hitchcock's favorite of his own movies because he, quote, loved the thought of bringing menace to a small town and inserted lots of things from his personal life into the story. The small town element definitely anticipates other favorites like Blue Velvet or Twin Peaks. I'll end by asking, have you ever watched a bad Hitchcock movie? Time. Time. <laughs> All right, so are we saying 30 seconds for a rebuttal here?
2: I don't know how to rebuttal.
1: <laughs> how to rebuttal? Well, just you could just say tell why yours is better than mine, given what we've both said. Okay. Are you ready? And.
2: It sounds like my movie, The Fugitive, starring Harrison Ford, has Harrison (laughs) Ford in it and Tommy Lee Jones, which yours does not. (laughs) There is also way more action. And it sounds like you might enjoy this more because of the sound effects and the uh, sound awards. So think about that, sound guy. (laughs) And there's a one-armed man. A one-armed man. (laughs) <laughs> i don't care
1: <laughs> all right and time <laughs> i don't know about a rebuttal. great great rebuttal there, there
2: it goes. has harrison ford <laughs>
1: okay and here's mine uh mine is directed by alfred hitchcock so here's what i have to say about the fugitive i don't care
2: <laughs> see you're already liking it i cede the rest of my time to twitter
1: <laughs> So, that's our argument. So these are two yeah. pretty different movies. Look. 40s black and we white know thriller. Who's
2: going to win here?
1: <laughs> versus 90s Dream Boat. Dream Boat. Bearded <laughs> Ford. Uh so yeah, that was weird. <laughs> But uh so yeah, so if you understood any of what either of us just said, yeah, now you get to make a decision for us and we will abide by your decision.
2: Abide by the laws. Cats don't abide by the laws of nature.
1: What is that from? Did we just have this conversation? Always funny, I think. Maybe yeah. Cats
2: do not abide by the laws of nature.
1: (laughs) Um so yeah. So Uh, I
2: forgot to mention ciphers in it. Uh, 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 So we love
1: ciphers. Uh, okay, so now on Twitter, after this episode comes out, we'll post whether you think we should watch Shadow of a Doubt, which Michelle has never seen, or The Fugitive, which I have never seen, and then we'll talk about it when we do our next movie our movie catch- <laughs> I'm still trying to talk to a timer. Yeah. <laughs> um, on our next movie monthly movie catch-up, we'll talk about it, and we can say, I told you so. One, one of us will get to say, I told you so. <laughs> Maybe. So It's always me. <laughs> so I think that wraps up this episode, guys. So um don't forget you can always see a list of all the movies we talked about on our letterbox page. Uh you can also follow us on Twitter at Spliced Podcast or on Facebook at Spliced Together. Um let us know what you've been watching during the quarantine. Is uh, and you can also look at our I didn't, we don't ever this, but you can look at our individual letterbox pages too. We've got
2: I've been watching watch, watching a lot of weird stuff. I have too.
1: <laughs> yeah, our last couple of movies have been what like Mad Max movies and terror vision and yeah, some weird stuff. And so
2: nineties disaster movies yeah. called Outbreak, starring Renee Russo.
1: <laughs> so uh yeah, check you can you can follow us our personal ones on Letterboxd if you want to see what we've been watching before you listen to the monthly catch-up ones. But um yeah, let us know what you've been watching during the quarantine and also let us know if we missed any big directorial debut ones. We did we poured over a gazillion lists. I forgot Citizen Kane. Oh no, I Aww. forgot about Citizen Kane. <laughs> Um, yeah, don't tell us we missed this game, but if you, yeah. <laughs> But if, if legitimately if you think we missed one, I would love to hear it. If you really think
2: it. Duel is the best.
1: Yeah, I mean, somebody <laughs> duel. out there. No! Is that what we're going to edit every episode now?
0: Yeah.
1: Um anyways, so yeah, let us know what you think, but uh regardless of that, we'll see you soon on another episode of Spliced, Spliced Together. together.